Just like we typically do. We just gave ourselves a ton of shit to get through. <laughs> right. <laughs> On this right. episode again. We, yeah, I know. We didn't have to like jump in um, and then add historical, <laughs> you know, uh, repertory films to, to, to add on top of the ones that we actually did watch. No, but, I mean, it, it, but it does make, it makes a lot of sense, I think, to talk about those kind of together, right, at the same time. Well, t- yeah, because to me, I don't, we're having the same, we have not evolved past this conversation. No. Like, no. It, it's, it's like we've made no progress and as a society at all in this conversation. Yeah. And it's fucking infuriating that we have to continue to have it. Right. Right. No, it's or that we have to have this kind of it, it, that these artists have to make art to call our attention to it over and over and over again, too. Right. It, I, it's it's mind boggling. So it, it really and like and, and the fact that we still have this level of like kind of nervous and almost like, like bamboozled to me is the perfect example of the acceptance of all of this. Um, and, but, and then having that realized in the theater, when you're watching the trailer for American fiction, I'm just like, what the fuck are we, are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? Again, 20, like they're a good, I, what, I, I didn't look up the years, but America for, for but I mean like bamboozled, bamboozled 2000. was 2000. Hollywood Shuffle was 87. Right. Okay. So 13 and then 23 or 20, you know, and it's, and, and we're, and a it's different the same version fucking the same thing. story. Right. right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. Uh, okay. So let's, let's, let's take a step <laughs> back here. Um, let's just jump right in with outrage. Oh shit. Are you okay? Give me a t- <laughs> Brock is so upset. He almost killed himself. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll take a step back here and and today today we're going to start off with looking at the new film American Fiction that's directed by Corey Jefferson starring this cast is so amazing yeah starring Jeffrey Wright Tracy Ellis Ross Sterling K Brown Eric Alexander and John Ortiz and this is based on the Percival Everett novel Erasure have you read it no yeah me either no um I've read some of his but it's been a while mm-hmm. um. I'm trying to think. I've read a lot more Colson Whitehead. I mean, if we're talking sort of like sure. um, contemporary black novelists, um, not a lot of like Victor Laval either, okay. who, who's another big one. Um, but we are, I think one way we're going to look at this is through, and we're in conversation with the films Hollywood Shuffle and Bamboozled, right? Right. So after almost falling, let me catch my breath. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, <laughs> adrenaline rushing in, in addition to the incredulity. I was like, holy shit. What? How did you come to write this book? What really struck me was that too few books were about my people. Where are our stories? Where's our representation? Would you give us the pleasure of reading an excerpt? Yo, Sharonda, girl, you be pregnant again? If I is, Ray Ray is gonna be a real father this time around. Thank you. Monk, your books are good, but they're not popular. Editors, they want a black book. They have a black book. I'm black and it's my book. You know what I mean. Look at what they published. Look at what they expect us to write. I just want to rub their noses in it. 
<laughs> I'd be standing outside in the night. Deadbeat dads, rappers, crack. You said you wanted black stuff. That's black, right? I see what you're doing. We sold a book. No. We believe Mr. Lee has written a bestseller. It's a joke. The most lucrative joke you've ever told. Now, is Stag a pseudonym? Yeah. Mr. Lee can't use his real name. Is this based on your actual life? Yeah, you think some bitch-ass college boy can come up with that shit? No, no. No, I don't. Can I ask what you were in for? Was it murder? Yeah, you said that, not me. They ran 300,000 copies. Your books changed people's lives. They're offering $4 million for the movie rights. Yes! The dumber I behave, the richer I get. Stag Arley is still on the run for authorities. You haven't done anything. It's not like they can arrest you. Wish I could go back to not selling books. Is it bad to cater to people's tastes? People want to love you, Monk. You should let them love all of you. There's already so much buzz because of the movie deal. Michael B. Jordan is circling. We want to put him on the cover in one of those um, uh, scarves, I guess you would call them, tied around his head. A do-rag? Do-rag, that's it. Do-rag in a tank top with the muscles showing. Oh, something called the fire department. <laughs> We're thinking we can get it out in time for Juneteenth. So, okay, all right. So here's the logline for American fiction. A novelist who's fed up with the establishment profiting from black entertainment uses a pen name to write a book that propels him to the heart of hypocrisy and the madness he claims to disdain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Although, can we can we just talk about American fiction first as a movie sure. as a yeah. whole and kind of how yeah. we felt about of course. it? Because, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we'll get into the conversation about Hollywood Shuffle and Bamboozled. I do feel that this is diminished a bit because this really is a family drama. This is a guy dealing okay, yeah, with his family yeah. trauma. <clears throat> I, I feel like. It, this is it's just so interesting to me how 2023 movies are being marketed like right. it, all across the board. And you know, we can go back all the way to like we're making movies that are that appear to be reboots, but are just movie versions of the musical Broadway versions that we're not really, uh, you know, we're not really advertising. And then from things like Dream Scenario, which is kind of billed as a weird uh, horror thriller kind of like which isn't right right and so this seems like it is a contemporary conversation on race and and acceptance and 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 also selling out and like well it's really marketed as a satire right 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 and so this is a you know again again a, a man coming to grips with giving giving into market forces and 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 also the entertainment industry placating white audiences um, and, and not, you know, not showing middle-class people of color basically. Right. And, but that's not really what this film, that is, that is part of this film. But, but it but doesn't that, even show up until like an hour in. Right. And also it doesn't really, it doesn't eat at him. It anger. I mean, like this is an already an angry guy. Not, and again, not angry is, Probably the wrong term because we could be we use that brush pretty right, broadly right. in media anyway, and right. and you don't want to lean into the stereotype of angry black man either. Right, right, right. and that's not what this I, is. That's... This is like a frustrated artist. Right, right. Yes, he is. 
he's written four or five published novels. They've been all relatively, I would he, say, at best, modest successes. He 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 teaches at a university in where is he? Is he in California? He's in yes, California, yeah. right? So he he's teaching in the literature department of a university, and he sees himself. In a, in a way that, that where the industry sees him as a black author, he sees himself as an author. That's a valid conversation to have. I don't think that this, com but, but that's not exactly, again, what informs this entire movie. This is a movie about a man dealing with a whole bevy of things. You know, mm -hmm. a sister who's dying, a sister who's dead or who dies early on in the film. Um, you know, a brother who is non-existent in, the, in their family's life and a mother who has Alzheimer's. Um, and is on her way out. And then he's also in the, in, you know, a twice divorced or however many times, you know, he's a divorced man and, and is also having a relatively bad time, you know, professionally, you know, from his, <laughs> from his, from his work and his, from his, you know, from his publishing and his art. And so he sees what appears to be an easy out and out of an air, you know, out of a instance of frustration, writes a, obviously um, heavy handed stereotypical black novel, quote unquote black novel that, and, and, and then that it becomes obviously becomes success. It becomes successful. I just fell over in my chair as well. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, metaphorically. <laughs> right. I literally fell over in my it, chair. It comes, it becomes successful. And then he has to deal with the repercussions of that, you know, that success. I, I do feel like this movie, I, 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 Really, I like the family aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't really like the the other piece of it. I think I think they out they kind of battle each other for I think the forefront of what this movie is trying to get a, get across. And so I think a lot of like the the narrative around him coming to to grips doesn't cohesive. It does it's not really cohesive with. Uh, with the family piece of it. I don't, I don't, as long as I say that, I'm going to think this is a bad movie. I don't think this is as good as I was hoping it would be when it was, when I went yeah. into the, when the yeah. film. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, again, like we <clears throat> have already mentioned, like we talked before, I mean, the marketing sort of misleads us or it makes right. us think it's going to be really about this one, one thing, or it's going to be a satire, a different kind of satire. Yeah. It doesn't really coalesce into it's 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 more the sum of its parts i guess yeah yeah I right think, i think all of i think the acting is brilliant i think the pieces that come into play are you know i think you know like even like when bringing in adam brody and and that sequence of them making the movie and i think that plays pretty well i like his agent and all of the family stuff is really really well done yeah when his mom is in that moment and when she's not when they finally put her in the home and she's talking to him and he realizes that she's actually talking to his brother mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know and that her coming to grips with him being gay and 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 all of those familial elements i i you know talking about it obviously this movie is doing something that is that <laughs> that monk was not able to do right i mean this this movie is showing a normalized middle class you know, family of color having the exact same struggles that, that it sounds fucking stupid to say it like this, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's look, I, I mean, I don't think having I, human struggles right, <laughs> that aren't right, normally right, portrayed. Right. Right. Well, but I think that's the thing. Like, I mean, I think the movie is making this point too, is that most films like this are white families, mm -hmm. right. Or 
you know, they're rom-coming. And, and again, they're white characters. I think that the filmmakers are smart to sort of um, call attention to Tyler Perry in the film. Well, yeah, that's a, yeah, absolutely. Because then, because this is not a Tyler Perry film. And I think that's the, do you remember, this would have been like, what, back in the 90s? All of the, um, who was that novelist? But like the Stella got her groove back. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, there were like three or four films. Like yeah, Waiting to Exhale. Yeah, 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 yeah. But those were clearly marketed as and received as black films. Right. Right. And I think then that limited the kind of audience. And this is what I think like Jefferson and the, and the, and the, and the producers and everyone else behind this film are doing is saying, oh, hey, hey, white viewers, here's a kind of satire that makes it almost comfortable for them to go see it and, and not call it like a black movie. Right. I'm not sure that I'm explaining myself. No, no, well, no, but I, I think I, I hear what you're saying, right? Yeah. That it's, that it's, it's almost like tricking people subversively to to giving you one thing that you think you can laugh at. And then, and even laugh at yourself for being so mm. like, you know, being one of the, the, the right white being, liberal Hampton like readers, <laughs> right, right? right. In the, in the film, because I, yeah, but I did think that was, because even though I was, expecting more of of the of the satire i still really liked this and i think i liked it because of that because it was saying you know what this is a family drama and we're not going to worry about the the color aspect in terms of we're going to show you this film like it's any other film about this kind of family Right. Right. Had you, right. The, the, the pull is the American fiction, right? I mean, so the idea is gets you, that gets you into the theater is this, is this kind of controversial pseudo, pseudo controversial topic. Yeah. Uh, and then you're kind of lulled into, <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I, but I also think this controversial issue is really interesting in terms of, and this is something that I, I'm really sort of fascinated, fascinated. I, I'm really trying to watch my language. Right. Sure. You know, because I don't want to come off as like, Oh, the, the black experience. Is so <laughs> fascinating to this white boy. But I do think like black vernacular English is, is interesting in how we kind of tisk tisk it, not just in the academic world, but everywhere. And it, so Issa Rae plays a novelist who's gained fame by writing this novel in black vernacular English, right? Right. Um, she doesn't speak in black vernacular English when she's giving press conferences or, or, or interviews. Um, but this is where Monk's disdain really comes. But out. she does read in, in, well, she does in read. affected voices, right? Right. Yeah. But I mean, of course she's reading like in Sure. That. Yeah. But this is where Monk's like disdain kind of really rises up. And I think that's an interesting question, right? Like, like this, I don't know. <laughs> Listeners, I don't know how much you've looked into <laughs> black vernacular English, but it does have its own sort of syntactical structure and its own lexography and its own sort of grammar. I right. Mean, there really is yeah. that. And so to dismiss it as like a bonics or slang or however we do that, I think is wrong. And again, gatekeeping. And so this brings up something when he is arguing with her kind of towards the end about that, that, that I think is a conversation worth having. And, and that to me is why, why that whole sort of, uh, you know, him taking on 
that pseudonym and publishing that novel, that's the importance of that in the story. Not so much the satirical aspect of it. Right. It would have been an interesting thing to have her kind of, I mean, put him in his place a little bit more than, than what actually happens in the movie. But so, is he wrong? Is he wrong when he, what he, when, what he says to her? Cause this was, I mean, I've been going back and forth with this, right? <laughs> because he's like, look, I did this as a kind of like, we don't have to write this way or talk this way to get attention. And she does put him in his place, but I mean, she says like, this is what the market wants. And then she's like, and I did research and I'm like, but does that matter? Right. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know <clears throat> that. And that's, and I think it may be unfair to put the burden of the question on the film, you know, on a two, <laughs> two hour film. Right. Right. But, but no, but, and but I'm not it, saying that to any, for any other reason than, then that's just for me to like, kind of make peace with, <laughs> with my feelings about the movie, because I do think that this question and it, and it does expand back beyond the black experience, but it also is very prevalent for the black experience of, I mean, well, from my viewpoint, sure, <laughs> right, sure, right, sure. just looking at it, it's it, I, this question interests me, right. Of what, how much do you play into the expectation? Right. And then how much, how do you pull back from that and provide some normalcy? I think it's something, if you look at it from the outset, this is something that the black community has been, from my perspective, been dealing with for, you know, for since the civil rights movement, right? And even before, well, it really probably from the civil rights movement when they had, um, but, you know, you look at somebody like Cosby and, and, and take all of the, and I know it's hard to do, but take all of the. But seriously, take all the all of the sexual assault away, and Cosby's and Cosby's assholery was always about you've got to pull your pants up and you can't do this and that and you can't do. So what part of it is? It, this thing is a really interesting question of how much of it is truly the culture and how much of it is truly an expectation of a oppressive society expectation of your culture. And I don't, I mean, obviously I don't think, that, I don't think a single film can answer that. And I don't think a single set of books or anything, but I do think the conversation is an interesting one to have. And I think that's probably why we continue to have it, but it's unfortunate that it continues to have to happen to the black community that, that we can't really, they've got to continually redefine what that, you know, what their output is going to be or what, and what's going to be acceptable and what's going to, I don't know, you know, be profitable with well, something of the day and still like justify all that. Right. 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 I mean, like, I mean, this is part of the, I, mean, I think one thing this movie is, is saying is we're going to show you, you know, all the different varieties of black families, just like you would, even though you don't expect it, but you do expect a variety of white families. Do you know what I, I mean? Right. Like, like, right. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, how many movies out there are of, Poor white people. Uh, oh, I'm thinking even of something like, you know, Winter's Bone, right? Poor white people in the Ozarks. But you know what? They're going to find a way to kind of overcome and achieve, right. right? But And then there are, you know, movies about middle class and rich white families. But we don't get the same varied stories in with black families. I guess I'm thinking of, okay, American fiction. Um, did you see Waves? No. The, um, okay. That's another one um, that shows, I mean, it's more of a tragedy. But it does show a sort of affluent, you know, black family. And then, of course, they go through struggles and, and, and 
and, and, and the son ends up in jail. So, I mean, I, it, <laughs> like it, <laughs> right. it, it, it sort of falls into some of those like traps and stereotypes, where but it's your, still like, showing. Yeah. Like where's your Nicole Hofsefner? I don't know how to say her last name, but like that's her, close enough, but her, where's her black equivalent, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, I mean, where's, where are these like simple and not simplistic, but simple every day I'm living in New York and I've got, I've got anxiety and I am a cake right. maker and, right. and I'm just I'm showing dating troubles. Right. Or, yeah. I'm yeah. not the funny friend or the, or the sidekick or whatever. <laughs> or, or like or, they or say the, in the film, the slave or the drug dealer or the crackhead right. or the hooker or the, yeah. And that then, like you said, they're not deemed black films. Right. Right. This is not love and basketball. This is just another film. Which, right. 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 This is another Nora Ephron rom-com. Like, <laughs> you know, and I mean, I, you know, I think there's a part of me that doesn't want to label films as black films at all. Right. right. But then I feel like that's also me saying, I don't see color. <laughs> right. Right. No, right. No, 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 right. Because it's I, hard I, not to be pandering. Right. I mean, it's hard, it's hard. It's hard not to come off as being, I don't know, like this, like steeped in white guilt. That's unlike that's, but it's also superficial and not meaningful. Right. Right. I mean, it's not this, this false allyship where you just want to, you want to, I'm here now. So you're legitimate. Right. 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 I've heard you and I've seen you and now you've been seen by a white person. So you're good to go. But I mean, we, we, I, I just, I, I really don't like how we, and I think, and I do this, I'm guilty of doing this where we slip into like, Oh, this female artist or this female fronted band or, you know what I mean? Or right. a female director. It's like, wait, why are we doing that? I mean, it, why does it matter? Why are we sort of, but if you look at the, I mean, if you look at it and even this year, um, and I don't know how to like, like, because it's, it's, we need more of those. So the ones that we get that are, <laughs> right. that are poignant and that, so things like moonlight or a thousand and one or earth mama, mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. movies or, you know, these movies that do show what is a realistic story. And then there aren't really, they're not diving into those stereotypes outside of, well, I expect a person of color, a black kid to be, you know, uh, in the system of some sort of, you know, being, you know, being not part of, not, not with, able to with his mom or his mom to have beyond all of these things where these stories can still be told, but then not also be the only black stories that we're, that right, we're hearing. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I mean, like this question is obviously I think the blackening touched on this in a different way, you know, right. as well. And, and I, I think that's really where I find the conversation interesting is I find it interesting from a perspective of people of color and like and understanding what it them coming to grips with what it truly means to be black or, you know, or whatever, whatever you might, <laughs> whatever you are. Right. Um and, but then also how like varied that can be within right, that sort right. of same. And and then coming to grip, like that's the whole thing about the yeah. blackening, right? Is all, I mean, was really was about this, this, this group of friends determining who was the blackest, right? I mean, that's right, talking about like rescinding black cards, right? right? But, the, but yet within that, they're all they're. I mean, diversity isn't just color, right? And sure. I mean, so it's a very kind of diverse group of friends. I think, you know, socioeconomic, um, cultural backgrounds, right? Even within that same r- racial makeup. Right. right. Yeah. Language. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I joke because I get uncomfortable. Right, 
sure. <laughs> and, I mean, and, and it's not easy because it's it, it, but it, because it does, because, you know, I don't know, your existence is yeah. part of the problem. I mean, it's like, it's, it's well, not existence, but it like, it's, it's just this. And what I mean by existence is this kind of like ease of acceptance of whatever is presented in front of you. Right. I mean, this idea of like, it doesn't really affect me at the end of the day. And, and I mean, it doesn't have to affect me at the end of the day is how I should say it in the sense that I can accept every, a, a thousand different variations of the big bang theory or two and a half men or friends or all of these bullshit things that come through and yeah. I can ignore them. But then when, you know, it, living single or like these other ones don't, you know, I don't know. It's, this this whole idea of like, you also have to then contend with the assholes or like, why they have to, why does it have to be, you know, why do I have to be shown all of these other things? Why does it have to be a certain thing for specific people? And like, everyone's in a tizzy about the um, world of magical Negroes movie that's coming out. Are uh, they really? I mean, look, but it's always, this, it's the same narrative. It's, yeah, the, same, I mean, it's it, the same woman King narrative. It's the same nonsense female Ghostbusters narrative. It's just, oh, if you did that on the, like, fuck you. Like, it, no. And but, it, but that doesn't, that's, <laughs> I didn't mean to like, no, like no, 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 because like, this also, so we, we are recording this podcast in Texas. As I have stated before on this podcast, I am in the area, I'm in, I'm in higher education and a state bill was just passed where that, that abolishes all DEI offices on public campuses, right? So the public institution that I teach at can no longer have a DEI office, right? This is fucking ridiculous, right? And, and, and of course it's, it's instigated by white people who are saying, well, who are basically decrying reverse racism, right. which doesn't exist. It's, <laughs> right. it's not a thing that actually exists. Um, so this narrative is just, I mean, it's a false narrative. It's a straw man argument. And you would think that these people, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're never going to admit that they're smart enough to understand what they're doing. So, <laughs> but, but this also, going back to the movie, this brings to mind that first scene in the film where he is in his classroom. Monk is in his classroom and he has um, the title of a short story by, by Flannery O'Connor called, oh, I should have written this down. Anyway, it's um, the N-word is in the title and a white student raises her hand and says that that word makes her uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and Monk is like, why does it make you uncomfortable? And I mean, of course, that word should make all of us uncomfortable. Sure. And I think that's part of the reason that he had it up on the board anyway. And his point was, if I can sit here and look at it, so can you. <laughs> right? Like, right, like, right? Why are you outraged at me right, for this? Because you can see that there's a conversation to be had around that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, th yeah th I, I don't know what to say about the... <laughs> the DEI. I know, I know, I, I know. I just, I know. but I mean, but it, but it, it plays into that sort of like uproar about a film like the society of magical Negroes, where it's like, Oh my God, I cannot believe that you're saying that about white people. And it's like, look, we should just acknowledge the privilege that we have through no effort of our own. Right. And be like, okay. Yeah. I mean, yes. Right. I'm like, yes, I'm sorry. And the best I can do is not abuse that privilege. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know, it's, it, it is infuriating and it's, and it's tiring, right? It's not, it's not, it, it, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
I, no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a pendulum swing that, that I think, I, I think we all got lazy, right? As a, as a society, we, and as a country, I don't know. And I think it's, 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 it's not just the United States, but like, but we, but we were the ones that had a war over slavery. <laughs> true. True. We all just got a little too self-assured and, 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 ne- and never really thought that you, you think that progress is not going to stop, right? You're going to, cause, cause time moves. I know we've talked about this, but time's not a really, it's a contract, but, <laughs> but as we move forward and through whatever ethereal plane this might be, uh, we think that that growth continues, right? I mean, it's just that, that you, you hit a plateau Let's just say gay marriage or women's rights or to choose, you know, these types of things. What, and what, that, what to do with their own and, bodies. And that you won't swing backwards. And I don't, I think we don't live on this earth long enough to realize that these things are this, that there were progressive societies before us and those all collapsed too. So that the, the what we should be trying to do is prepare for our inevitable collapse. And we won't do that either. <laughs> And, and it won't matter to the fucking people that are, that are, I mean, here's the rub, right? Is that it won't matter to the people that, that are voting for it now. It won't affect them. They'll be dead. Which is, which is a ridiculous, but these are also the same people who like, you know, espouse traditional family values. Right. So what you're saying is I'll be dead. It won't affect me. Well, what about the 12 kids that you had? Right. But we don't. With the four different wives. But it's not, (laughs) but it's not even that though. Right. I mean, like. This, this idea, we talked about late stage, cap, all, all of this I know, I know. is, it, and I say all, and I, because it's hyperbole, but this is all predicated on late stage capitalism. There is no going back to making America great again, because let's just assume that you don't mean the racial part of it. Let's just assume that you mean <laughs> traditional family values, which means a husband, which, which means a man goes out and works. It doesn't really matter. Let's say, just let's, and let's take the sexism out of it. That one parent goes out and work and one parent takes home and stays home and takes care of the kids can't exist these days. Nope. It doesn't happen because we have, we are built on a society and economy that has to continually grow. And so what you're seeing is a, the necessity of increasing the workforce. The only thing that can grow because we don't, we don't, we can't generate things. We can't with physics, the, the law of physics and the law of nature <laughs> means that we cannot create anything new that all we can do is make more people. And then at the end of the day of that, once we've done that, and once we've exhausted that, then all we can do is start making you pay more mm-hmm. for the things that you don't own. Mm-hmm. So again, which get, is everything, get used to renting your car forever. Renting your corporations are going to own everything. They're going to own every home in America. And everyone is going to rent from them and it is going to raise however they want, they want to raise it and you will own nothing. And that's how, that's the only way that this can continue to grow. And so until we realize that, until we teach that, until we start taking care of one another, and that means fucking DEI, right? That means taking a step back and giving something up so your fellow man can have something else. And yes, I know what that sounds like, and you can call it whatever the fuck you want to call it. Right. But what's called what it is is the, the preservation of our, you know, of, yeah. of our. Well, but there's there's a reason that that Finland is is apparently the happiest, or there's a reason that the Finnish are the happiest people around. Right. They don't have to pay for college. 
They don't need big homes. They're not taught from a young age that you're supposed to have more than Susie, that you're supposed to have more than Tommy, that if you don't have more, fucking figure out a way to get more than them. I, 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 I don't... This idea that, uh, that life is a competition and that existence is a competition and that competitions are won by... And this is what, you know, out of all of it, right? Out of all of the, the disgusting nature of Trump and what comes... And again... Here's the thing. Trump's a piece of shit, but I don't have any sort of love for any sort of politician, right? No, they're, they're, no. They're, they're all there for their own, I would say all. Again, this is not, not public service right. anymore, right? They're all there for their own enrichment. I mean, when, when Elizabeth Warren can make $300 million, $300,000, you know, whatever the fuck she makes on stock trades, fuck that. You're not there to serve the fucking people. Trump was never is not there to serve the fucking people. Never, but this really I never but, made any illusion no, of right. That. Yeah, at the very least, you think you can say that for him is that that he is the ugliest of us all. And mm-hmm. I get why you. <laughs> I don't get it, but I. But <laughs> yeah, no, the, no, the, there, there's no. But this idea of this <laughs> this Randian like nonsense that we live in of fuck you, I've got mine. Don't give a shit about you, and we don't. We cannot. Because we're so ingrained in teaching that America is the best country in the world and you have to be the best and you've got to win, whatever the fuck that means, that we are willing to cut our own fucking legs off. Well, fuck it. I mean, like, again, be glad that we don't have longevity that spans centuries. Right. And be glad that your that your life here on Earth is is at best a, a, a three digit number, a very low three digit number, and, and be done with it because. To be able to see it play out over time would just drive you fucking insane. Yeah, I mean, this is so fleeting, and most of us live in a miserable <laughs> hey, we, sort of like. We're talking about movies, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> this is my fucking fault. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I, it's it's both of our. It's okay <laughs> because I could keep going on and on about. I have thoughts, but but let's let's do this. Let's sort of. <laughs> I need to does... listen to this episode to go. How the fuck do we get from A to B here? Like that's one. At one point, Look. Brock was falling over in his chair, and yeah. now I'm like, <laughs> now I'm wanting to jump no, out the second no, story window. None okay. of this. None of this ever. I don't know how we ever get from like point to point <laughs> in in a lot of this. But that's that's. That's part of the fun, and that's part of why you listen. <laughs> so, so let's do this to kind of get us back on track. Let's uh, let's talk about how American fiction fits in then with with these films like Hollywood Shuffle and and Bamboozled, right? These films that were decade, you know, a decade plus apart. From yeah. So each basically, other. let's just call it twenty and twenty, right? I mean, yeah. just for all for for <laughs> for cleanliness sake, purpose, right? Right. Um. And, and I think, it, look, I think there's films around these areas that, that tie into, like, I'm going to get you suckers kind of in the same vein, although it's more of a spoof. I mean, it's kind of a parody. See, yeah, that to me is much more, I mean, it was, it was funny, not funny. I was thinking of Hollywood Shuffle and Bamboozled, and I'm like, they're not really, I mean, I understand how satire works. <laughs> these are like satire in name only, right? I mean... They're satirical in that they are kind of being ironic and looking askance at something and trying to gain your, you know, trying to sort of draw your attention over here by showing you this instead, right? But I mean, something like I'm going to get you sucker is really that kind of true, true parody it, it, satirical it, take on like these black exploitation films. Right. The satire, the satire is not wearing its its heart on its sleeve so much as the shuffle and bamboozled are. Right. Right. So I agree with I agree with you. Yeah. Um. I you know, shuffle to me seems like the perfect like 
entry into those movies. It's, it's still trying to be nice and unoffensive. And this really is about one man's struggle to, to figure out how much of himself is he going to give up and how to, to, to become successful. He, th- this is all about Robert Townsend and this is essentially Robert Townsend's story, story mm-hmm. right? I mean, he was mm-hmm. a, he was a comedian, a stand-up comedian, um, a filmmaker, and he cobbled together by, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. And this was really, I mean, like, if you want to talk about, um, the, one of the big player, not big, but one of the players in the, in the burgeoning re, you know, the rebirth of independent cinema in the United States, you know, in the U S um, he's got to be in the conversation, yeah. right? I mean, like he's there with spike. He's there with Kevin Smith. He's, he's a guy who put all of this, he put a, he cobbled together a hundred thousand dollars. Um, he was begging and borrowing for uh, film stock, you know, he stole it. <laughs> Did you like, he would take these like, sh- like small jobs, small roles on films or commercials. Right. And then he would take these, what did, what were they called? Short stock. So like leftover unexposed film and he would just like take it. Yeah. <laughs> just, which I think is brilliant. Right. Which is such a Cassavetes move too. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and he was able to cobble together a, a really, really solid, not great, but a really, really solid, um, and funny, not Linda's again, this is not based on the, what he had available to him. This is a, this film is a fucking miracle. Oh yeah. I mean, it looks, yeah. it looks beautiful yeah. and it really is a, a, I mean, like he's great. It's a pretty, it's a pretty solid narrative. I, I, my, it, he goes through and he intersperses skits throughout the movie. Um, they're like flights of fancy, right? right? I mean, like yeah. him imagining these different things and. Yeah, I think the the Siskel and Ebert per, per, um, portion is my favorite one of them. But uh, but even the <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, they, they these two guys. It's it's very it's a very much a precursor because there's a, all the all the Wayans are in this as well. It's a precursor. Well, to and and Keenan Ivory Wayans helped write it. Right, and so did but so did Dom Herrera. Yeah, I know, so, I know, uh, I know. But yeah, no, no, I, I know they they both have credits. It's weird. Depending on like where you look mm-hmm. for, um, Herrera doesn't get a credit. Oh, really? Yeah, but I mean, I know he, I know he did. So, like, if you look on the AFI catalog, Herrera mm-hmm. is not listed. If you look on IMDb, he is listed. And so, interesting. Yeah, I know, I know. I thought that too. He's like a wildly underrated comic, and not. I know. <laughs> should, no, should I was much more well known. I was going to say that. I mean that, and he's he's even, even has a small part in the film, right? right? As as the screenwriter <laughs> of this of this movie. And so this is all about Robert Townsend um, going to auditions. He's working at this at this small hot dog place, um, John, run by, dog. <laughs> run by John Witherspoon, <laughs> and uh, who's about to enter. He's about to introduce hoe cakes to the um, as a new as an as, as a because new hoes got to eat too. Because hoes got to eat too. My favorite portion of this is the is really the the, the Sam Spade, and I know it's called it's not Spade, obviously, but it's Sam Ace portion yeah. of it. it's all filmed in black and white and he's just like <laughs> she looked like she wanted to do the nasty I like <laughs> everything doing the nasty. I, I like doing the nasty <laughs> um but yeah this is i mean this is just again it, it's all about one person um coming to grips with he ends up getting a role for uh a, a drug dealing pimp who and who has one of his best friends killed his, his brother and he he goes on a revenge spree, but it but he's a very much a ridiculously uh, wide stereotype of a pimp, and like, uh, and it's being directed and produced by white people who obviously want to have them play up those roles. Well, I they mean, want Eddie Murphy, right? <laughs> I mean, they right. literally say we want Eddie Murphy, <laughs> and then he walks in looking just like, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> and they're just like him. And, and like when he's got his big scene, you know, they even ask him like, can you, you know, be more, be more. And he's like, be more black. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. It, I, and, and, and so the interspersed through the film are these sketches where, uh, there are things like a commercial for like black acting school where they'll teach you how to, it's all these like classically trained actors. They're teaching them how to, and they're all these white people teaching them either how to talk jive or walk black or, um, and <laughs> like one of the guys from like, you think he's from Juilliard. He's like, yeah, I played like, a, I played two rapists recently. That was nice. And like, <laughs> it's got a good cast too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, it, and it's the, the, <laughs> the, uh, um, gosh, damn, the, the, the scene where he, uh, is fighting Keenan and Keenan is like the act, he's got the activator. He's like, he's got J- Jerry, he's Jerry yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and his hair is starting to like <laughs> dry, to dry up. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and, and those skits are the ones that really play up those stereotypes that we see in, in and this is where I think this really connects back to American fiction where, Monk is like, all we are are these things, right? We're slaves, we're, we're drug dealers, we're whatever. And that's the same thing that Townsend is dealing with in this film and showing us. Because he's conflicted, right? He's like, oh, this is all we're going to do. This is all we play. But what if I could be Sam Ace? What if I could be, right, this? What if I could, yes, what if, what, what if there was a black acting school? What would that be like? Right. Um, so one of, the, one of the pushbacks on this film was the treatment of, women and homosexual. Yeah. Would you, I was going to ask about, um, I didn't see the female aspect of it as much. I mean, I think he has, there weren't a lot of women in there. Well, I think he has a pretty strong, I mean, his, his girlfriend is, Mm -hmm. um, one great. And two, I think she plays a pretty prevalent part. I mean, like she has the same kind of struggles that he does. He also has, you know, his grandmother, um, who is there in kind of his conscious and voice like of reason. center. Right. Yeah. So I didn't see it as, I didn't see that as, as much the homosexuality. I honestly, it's hard for me because I just, I just end up writing off a lot of those. Cause it was 87. Right. I just end up writing off all of that as it's just the time. And it's not, it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, throwing around the F word like that. It just, I, I mean, like I get it and it does stand out now, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to dismiss, just uh, dismiss the film just because it had a, you know, prevalent, right. I mean, it had an attitude at the time. It, 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 and, and this is something that, 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 you know, not only as society, but the black society has dealt with as well as trying to come to grips with the, um, how, the civil rights movement applies to LGBTQ people well, the intersectionality as well. Right? Of it, yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. I under, I understand the pushback and, and, and how it works well, and out, feminism but, had this, I mean, has the same, same problem. Right. But there weren't, you could throw a stick and hit every single movie that came out in 87 and half of them have. were saying the F word. And yeah. I mean, it's not, so yeah. it's not, it's not great, but yeah, I mean, like I get it, like looking back on it with this, with the lens of 2024, it's, you know, hard to do that, but, but I, I almost forgot it was 2024. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause I almost said, Oh yeah. Lens of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the, like I, like I said, I'm not going to dismiss this entire film just because, because it does no. that. And I don't think one, I will say this. Yes. It throws that word around. I think it only says it once. And not that that means <laughs> that makes it any better that it says it once. No. Um, 
it's kind of such a throw off line. It's one of those things like if you could almost like if I think of towns that could do it again, he'd probably edit it out, out. Right. Yeah. It's not even a line that like it's not it's so inconsequential. But that's <laughs> another thing too, is that for these films, and considering that also Townsend goes on to direct the same year, Raw. Raw. Um that and was it wasn't Raw Delirious was the more homo like the one that gets, so. gets the so. more homophobic so. pieces of it. Yeah. And I do yeah. still think that I think the vernacular is I obviously I'm, I always kind of side on the side of comedians, especially if things are funny, but like, I think the vernacular of the time, I don't think Eddie in those. And again, this is just my projection and my read on it, but I don't think Eddie was truly being homophobic in those. I think he was accepting of mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And I think he understood his, and I think he was making light of his perception of a, black man in a tight leather suit and yes that was the word that they used to call people out but that's but i i know it's hard for me to it's but i think that was a word that was everyone used at that particular point in time i don't necessarily saw i didn't and i you know again you can disagree with me i don't necessarily know if delirious is as homophobic as people make it out to be or just because the words being said um but anyway you do know that words mean things though right i do know that words mean things yes Different things come sometimes. Well, you know what Wittgenstein said? The meaning of a word is its use. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> uh, so leaning into, so this is, a, this, Sorry, this is, I, no, no, no. This is a, uh, I, <laughs> if I don't laugh, it's just because I, you know, I'm, my head's already gone to some other place. So it's not, it's not yeah, that, that I'm that's ignoring you. Staying power of my, <laughs> speaking of words, meaning things. <laughs> but this is a pretty <laughs> innocuous entry, right? And it also, yeah. I think it's, I, I mean, I, I do find that it's not, it's nice that it gets got picked up by Criterion, although really, really late from Criterion. Um, I do think it's kind of a bedrock of American independent cinema. So there's no reason why it shouldn't have been, uh, you know, it's one of those things too. Like if you look at like something like watermelon woman and mm-hmm. re, I mean like why that just, okay. So I guess that just got picked up by Criterion too. So maybe, maybe Criterion's finally like 40 years later coming around to like uh, really trying to look at those films, but it's, it, I think it get kind of, I think people talk about it, but it doesn't really, I think it kind of gets lumped in with, I'm going to get you sucker. Yeah. And I think it's really different than like agreed, I said before. Agreed. Yeah. And I think maybe it's just because of the Keenan, the Wayans um, portion of it. But uh, yeah, no, I, I really like this movie. It's, it's, um, but I don't, I think again, it's so, it's kind of easy to, um, I think it, I think it's comedic pieces work too well in a way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and also it's, you, know, you can make an argument. I think that, the comedic pieces also, again, still play into some of the stereotype, right? Especially the Jerry Carl piece. And like, and so like, where do we, how do you, what's true and what's not. And again, going back to, and going back to the, um, the Tyler Perry line in American fiction, I really want to know if that was truly a dig at Tyler Perry. Cause Tyler Perry's been called out yeah. for, I mean, like, and I'd say called out. I mean, like Spike's come out and, and talked about how that this shouldn't be how we're presenting ourselves. But I think that's what it was saying. Right. I, I mean, I don't know that it was so much a dick at Tyler Perry, the person, but more Tyler Perry, the entity or the idea. Right. Right. I, that, that's kind of how I read that. Right. And Tyler Perry's a whole like, genre that i that it, one that i don't re i mean like one i realize it is not for me it's just right. so like it, i mean you know so i've seen 
enough, right? It's not like, I don't know where it's not, it's not for me for, it's not my conversation to have, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Like whether or not. So, so do you think then that this is Jefferson saying by saying that like, this is not a Tyler Perry film. Is he saying like, this is just a film. You don't have to put black film in front of it to go back to that idea. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I mean, well, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, like, I, like don't call me a female artist. Don't call me a black artist. Just call me an artist. Yeah, I, I, because because the Tyler Perry stuff is so. It is it, it is such a. They're all characters, right? It doesn't it doesn't feel real. Like I like obviously I, I, I mean, obviously there's probably people that exist in each one of those categories in, in a Tyler Perry, but they're all hyper-realized versions of themselves. Even the other people in the film, the white people, that it, they're all caricatures. It's like watching an Ernest movie. Like, it's just so, like, it's like watching Disney, right? It's yeah, so, like, yeah. dialed up to 11 that you just can't, like, if it works for you, great. It just doesn't like it. But again, it's just, right. it's like every joke is a, you know, a breaking of the fourth wall kind of, and it's like, okay, we get it. And yeah, it's just like, over oh, and over right. And over. I don't watch Mama's Family either. I mean, it's just, like, it's so, like, I mean, I don't know. And that's kind of how I equate those two yeah, things. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, wait, one more thing about um, Hollywood Shuffle and American Fiction is how both of those films use those flights of fancies. Um, American Fiction has a couple of those too, mm -hmm. especially at the end, but also when he's writing the the sort of satirical novel right he imagines these characters and the characters then talk to him which i like that they didn't keep coming back to that they yeah, did it that been once too much. and it was done where i think hollywood shuffle i mean there's like what four or five there's a lot of the there's kind of yeah yeah i mean and it's not a long film no it's no like, it's an hour and 20 plus the and yeah you, and you got a right. lot and you got a lot of credits right right <laughs> right right so yeah there's a lot of that in there um, but I mean, they both do that, which seems to be maybe a bit of a reference or a callback, but I feel like American fiction navigates that so much better, but I don't know. I mean, to me, like, sure, these are it, both like six and a half, seven out of 10 movies. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Good, solid, like, seven good and a half. solid, <laughs> seven and a half. Okay. So let's talk about bamboozled then and how it fits in there, because this is a little bit meaner. Oh yeah. Right. This is a dig. This is this is Spike's fuck you to everything. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And, and like. I, I, so how do you feel about I, how do you feel about bamboos? As okay. A whole? So there's a couple things. One. <laughs> one. I do not know what Damon Waynes is doing in this film. I mean, I understand like he's supposed to be the kind of I don't know what you want to call him in sort of parlance, but Harvard educated black man who almost wants to pass for white, but he's got this affected accent and way of talking that I just can't get around. And it drives me crazy throughout the whole film. Um, so I don't know what he's doing there. Right? <laughs> um, and then uh, the way it looks drives me crazy. I think it looks like shit. Well, it's, it's I, filmed. I know, I know it's filmed on a prosumer level Sony camcorder. Right, that at the time would have cost around three grand, three to four grand. Mm -hmm. I get it, I get it, but why? Why is he filming on mini DV? 
I know he's keeping the budget down, but why? It doesn't look good. And it and it and it doesn't sound good. <laughs> my my point to that is is that it takes me out of I think what's going on. Right? It calls attention to itself. And I don't in a, in a way that I don't think he really wants it to. Oh, I think he does. Oh, you do? Yeah. Really? You think he wants Okay. So I was comparing at least in my head, these films to something like um, Fear of a Black Hat mm-hmm. and how that, but that is a mockumentary, right? right? It's meant to look like it's been shot on a handy cam where this is a movie, right? This is a film of realized like narrative. No, that's where you're wrong. This is a fuck you. No, 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 no. I, okay, I, I get that. I get that. I get that. But here's the, but I, but I think Spike Lee is so, meticulous so often with his use of colors and his use of framing and his use of double dolly shots and stuff like that, where this doesn't have that. And I think it could still be a fuck you, but it could be shot on film. (laughs) I think is all is what I'm saying. I think this is intended to make you uncomfortable. I think this is intended to pull you. I think this is intended this whole thing, but doesn't it make you, you uncomfortable? Like, regardless, absolutely. That's what I mean. Like, right, like but, but that's yeah. the whole, but here's the thing. If you played this, like if this was as day glow as do the right thing, you start to, you start to settle in here. Right. Right. I mean, right. you, and again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to change your mind. No, this no, no. It's okay. It's okay. I, it's okay. I love this movie okay. is that it, it, everything about it is, is heightened, right? It, this even even the accent on on Pierre Delacroix is I mean he's fucking named Pierre Delacroix. No no right? I know I mean, and so. like the name's great but just that effect I just I don't know I don't know and 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 maybe it's because no it's not even because I know what Damon Wayne sounds like in other things right but I mean there's like like Damon Wayne sounds like whatever he wants to sound like so from his own TV show to In Living Color he would take on different personas, different, sure. different accents. This one just doesn't work for me. It's so, so it's not like, Oh my gosh, he sounds too white or something. That's not right. But it's, all, mean, but it's but, all part of the character though. Right. I mean, it's right, all part of a character right. that, that has risen to the top of a white, but se- seemingly urban white studio. Sure. That, that, I mean, who's put on this affectation to, to get to that pl- place to, to placate white people. Right. But nobody talks like that ever. Right, but but you would never have a blackface TV show in, in the year 2000 no, no, I, either. I know, but see, but like, but that is so, but that I think is brilliant. So, but, but here's, here's the thing. What, here's okay. the thing. The, everything about this film is yeah. the minstrel show. No, I, I know. Like, I mean, but all of its pieces of the minstrel show. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying that the reason is that if you start to take pieces out, right? If you start to take pieces of the puzzle out, this starts to fall apart. And then it's just about a guy. This, then it becomes the American. I mean, it becomes American fiction in a way that it's still that where the people are laughing in the, at the trailer, it becomes a trailer mm. of American fiction. Everything about this movie is supposed to make from the fake ads. It, all of it is supposed to make you feel like shit. And no, it's no, all right. supposed to and like, he takes so many industry digs. He takes a dig of being Rames. He takes a dig. Um, who I can't remember now, like who did the, um, like his two award, uh, his two mm. wins the awards mm. twice. Yeah. He takes digs at two different people. And I can't remember, I can't remember who the other one was in addition to being Rames. Um, but like this whole thing is, is all predicated on 
like making you uncomfortable with how comfortable you, how comfortable you become with this. Again, not everything's a menstrual show, but this is all predicated on like the reason the Mau Mau's are there is because this is all you're, you're, you're being shooken awake by this is what he's pointing out to you. Right. This, this, he, he, he fucking quotes third base, right? I mean, like he, well, MC search is one sixteenth. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah. So like he's, he's telling you that. <laughs> so, so search quotes himself. <laughs> right, actually, right, yeah. <laughs> He is telling you that the minstrel show is here. It's already here and you're already watching it. And I, I don't, I'm in. No, no, I, okay. So, so I get all this. I, I understand. I don't, here's, here's what I would, here's where I would push back slightly. And, and see, I think my only issue is technical. It doesn't have to look like do the right thing. But why does it look like it was shot on my Nokia cell phone? Right. I, I, so I'm, I, I don't know. I think there's a middle ground here. Right. <laughs> OK. I think there's a middle ground. And, and Delacroix's accent, he doesn't it doesn't have to go away. It's just like so. OK. So like, but like, why is his so over the top? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, so, I, I, so I, would I, you I, would you have dumbed down um, Rappaport's character then? Rappaport's playing Rappaport. Sure, that it's not fair. No, I mean that's, that's not a fair. Criminal. No, right. <laughs> well, okay, but that's not. I mean, I, that's I mean, not look, who Rappaport was. No, no, at no, no, no. Point in time, well, that's, but it wasn't too. Well, it I wasn't mean, too far, right? He's, right, because yeah, when was Zebrahead? Eh, good point. No, that's what. So yeah. that's what I mean. So like Rappaport is like that in everything he does. He's okay. always that guy with that Queen's accent, right? Now he's not saying the N word and saying stuff like that, but he. he that's who he is, right? right. And I, my only point is that Wayne's accent is so, so, so over the top. I don't think it needs to be that over the top. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a way that he could still put on that. I mean, it's clear he's putting on a persona in the film, right? That Delacroix is a character he's come up with. I don't know why you would choose. I don't know why anyone would choose to speak that way. I think, I think it's because that is how, like, if you did any sort of comedian where black guys do it this way, white guys do it this way, the black comedian is going to put on Delacroix's voice. voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you see, you see Delacroix in the beginning where he's, he's, you know, he's putting on a character because one, he's defining satire Satire. and irony, which is, but also he's shaving his head. Like this is a, so he is presenting himself as this, this black man who is also safe to whites. So yeah. he's, he's, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's walking that tightrope of, of existing in this world that doesn't want him that he, but he needs. Um, and you know, he, cause, because he, where he came from, you know, his, his dad is, is Paul Mooney. Right. I mean like, and like, so there's, I don't know, man, this, like I fucking, I, no, no. I mean, look, I think, I think in context of when you, when, when a black comedian puts on that white voice, that makes more sense. To me, I, I, I can, I can buy that. Um, it's, it's just, it's just grating. And I know sure, it's supposed to, I, I know it's supposed to be, <laughs> I get that. But I, I just wonder if like the gratingness can be like lowered a bit. <laughs> and I think, I think Sloan's character is the stand in for Spike, right? Sloan's the, yeah. the, the, the one who is the struggle, right? She's the one who is, and also the acceptance. 
also understands that you have to fucking play in this world and, and that and that there can be subversion and you can teach from within and you can teach from using, you know, Flannery O'Connor titers, titers, titles, <laughs> story titles on the wall. Right. It, it So, yeah, I think and it, I've saw a lot of the people with the reviews that didn't like the Mau Mau's and I'm like, that's the whole fucking point. The Mau Mau's are the yeah, point. Yeah, I thought that was <laughs> I mean, like that's what I mean. Like the, the only things that bug me were, were, were those that. And that's why I'm like, I just, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not doubting Spike Lee's intentionality, right? Or, or, or author, authorial authority, right? I just, it, I just didn't want to watch it because of that. Right. It's, and it's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it does ask you a lot, but I do think I don't, we talk about films and the, the douchey things we talk about films, like <laughs> the, the, these films aren't necessarily meant to be liked. I don't necessarily know if Bam, I don't think Spike Lee gives a shit if you like no, Bamboozled. No. Like, you're not supposed to want to go out and buy the poster of Bamboozled. Like no. You're not supposed to, you know, you're not going to want to, like, you're not supposed to, I mean, like. <laughs> buy the little, like, <laughs> right, banks. Right, right yeah. The, 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 action figures, the action figures from Bamboozled. You do not, <laughs> the, the pops, you do not want those from on your wall. And I do think a lot of it, like, it, it, like it, it was intended to like the you know obviously the, the the time that it was made that was the the 3d animation was still shitty anyway so that that was part of it but um yeah i think this idea of like um it, like you're a fly on the wall kind of I, I i do think that was intentional and and because again he could have made he made this was probably cost more than do the right thing there's like a 10 million dollar budget on this yeah so i would imagine most of that went to actors yeah i mean because it's a fairly big cast but i mean that's what i mean you can still do the fly on the wall thing with 35 millimeter <laughs> sure right you sure. can still color grade it in a different way I and mean, that's uh, it just looks shitty <laughs> even even more so now right okay <laughs> are we have we, but look i mean the history in this film i think is brilliant yeah right and it's such like inside baseball as well I mean, we know minstrel shows, we know this stuff, but I mean, the way that they make the blackface, I thought that was, like, those details were really, really yeah. good. Yeah. So all of that was, was great. Um, and I think we slept on Tommy Davidson. Unfucking believable I think Pinkett's really good in oh, this no, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Tommy Davidson, like, I, I, you know, and again, I think this is a movie that, 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 had it not have been the subject matter that it was. And of course, I mean, at that point it didn't, then it all, you throw it all out the window, but if especially maybe if this movie is made today, Davidson, I don't gets, know. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Like, look, think about the conversation we just had about American fiction and how true. it's kind of trying to sort of, you know, lull us in with this kind of like satire when really it's just a family drama. I, I mean, I think you and I would go see this movie, but I mean, would white audience go flock to bamboozled now? Uh, flock to probably not. Well, I mean, okay, look, people don't <laughs> flock to much of anything. And that's not what I, you know, but no, because no one wants to be slapped. No or would there no be like to... another like outcry of like, Oh, or like, you know, think so. Right. Just why, can, about like why, magical can, why can they, why can they do it? And you can't kind of thing. Right. Yeah, this, 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 that's this why. Ridiculous. I mean, I just, I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, what I think, and, and what I, and you're right about this, this is good. I think the most important part of this movie is how it does lay out all of this history, and it doesn't, and 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 that then it, that 
understanding that, then you start to understand why the cancellation of Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima are absolutely necessary. Uh, <laughs> that and, and all of it, uh, you know, these how everything, all of our <laughs> all of our institutions are based on racism. Yes. And, uh, yes. and I, I think the conversations that are being had in, in this, in this movie, especially between Delacroix and, and, um, uh, one of the other, there was another like, uh, radio host or whatever he was talking to about, you oh, know, right, about right, the, right, right, where right. slavery ended and he's just talking about numbers and like, there's, there's dialogue in this movie. That's just absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I don't think this movie truly sticks its landing. No. Um, but I think that that's, that's not necessarily, that happens a lot. That happens a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, the, the ending's weird. Yeah. I mean, where, um, you know, where she goes to confront him with a guy, that, that's kind of weird. Um, and I, but I do think, again, it's still all, it's still all hyperbole in the sense of where we, and I, and I think, and again, not to, this, this, this idea of, of, of um, how much we sell ourselves out and sell our people out and sell our community out and, and, just in the, in the chase of a dollar or chasing um, fame or likes or love or what have you is, is still a valid conversation. This idea that it you know, and again, so like he ends up shooting himself with her gun, you know, I mean, obviously that's, you know, it's a parable, right? I mean, at this point, well, he, right? right. Well, because I mean, he, I mean, yes, and it's, it's metaphorical in, in the way that he wrote this minstrel show as a joke, as a wake up call, Right. And then once it becomes a hit, he's on board. Right. right? And, and so, yeah, what do you, who and what are you willing to sell out and for what? Right. And this brings, I mean, you said that this is so relevant today because this idea of currency and, and social status changes over time. And so, yeah, I will sell you out, Jason, for, <laughs> right, I'll, for sponsorship for this. Right. I'll, film, you, I'll yes. film me, pun, you know, I'll film your worst moment and put me it up on my TikTok. over in the chair. <laughs> right. Put it up on my TikTok. And... I'm not going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to, right. Exactly. You know, but I would never know because I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> It'll be up there. It'll be up there. <laughs> Always be recording. Uh, but yeah, no, I think we, I think we slept on Tommy Davidson. I, I think that Smith is great. Going back to American fiction, I think Erica Alexander is amazing mm -hmm. um, in that film. She doesn't have to do a whole lot to be really good either. I think she's someone else who's been underrated maybe for a long time. Uh, the, the, a few things, and I don't know how you like, you know, cut the comedy with it, with it out being so like painfully obvious. I, and, 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 it, and so it's, some of it's funny and some of it like, but the, the the moment in American fiction where where Monk is on the board of the of the you know yeah reviewing the books for the whatever the award yeah the and, the, the literary award and the moment <laughs> of uh, it, it it teeters the line of being too much but that the line where she's like I think it's really important to listen to black voices these days and then they're clearly ignoring the two black voices in the room <laughs> right, like it's right, just... right. <laughs> <laughs> but again like that's that's part of that film too. Is this like this pandering ideology of white saviorness, right? Right. Do you, do you feel like, not that I'm, not that I'm sympathetic, but do you feel like that's almost too heavy handed in, in some senses? Like this idea of like, and I'm, I'm not saying that this doesn't occur and maybe it's just me projecting and wishing that it didn't, but this, you know, when the publishers are like, 
you know, when the, when the overly effeminate chubby, you know, uh, marketing guy is like, doesn't know the word for do rag and like, and I don't know. Some of that stuff's just like, <laughs> it's but, just but, like, but okay. But think about that guy. Do you really think he knows but, the word do rag? I don't want to know. I don't want to know that guy. No, no, no. Yeah, but, but that's I, what, but you, yeah. yeah. I mean, he has probably never <laughs> lived anywhere than like what the upper East side of Manhattan, that guy, that character. Right. Right. Private school. Right. Went straight into a, a decent level marketing job at a, at a corporation or a publisher. Yeah. I mean, how many people, how many times do you think he's seen a do rag? Do you think American fiction plays better if it's not played for comedy? Yeah, I do. I do. Like if that, I mean, if, if that, if that, if that's not played for, if that guy is not a comedic foil, if he's not played as a buffoon and just yeah. played as an idiot, yeah. which I know are two different <laughs> fucking synonyms, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it's not played for, Oh, look at this funny guy that we all like, Oh, oh like I didn't understand what cap meant. I, you know, yeah. like that kind of yeah. shit. Like, you know, if we're, if we're angry at that person, I think this movie plays a little bit better. I, I think, yeah. I think this, I, that's my problem with American fiction. Is, is it I, too I, nice? It's yeah. Is that it, it, it allows us to be comfortable with our, with our bullshit. Like, ha ha, look at those people. I'm glad I'm not like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and it, and it also presents this, this wonderful family that, that is struggling and these people, these humans that are, that are struggling. And then we, Oh, I don't know. Like, I think we undercut it with, like, I think the Adam Brody piece kind of works okay. Like, that's a, that's a guy who's not stupid. He understands what he's doing. He's just a prick. Yeah. You know, but now that we've got these people who are hemming and hawing over calling the book fuck, and then we're going right. to, I think, I think it kind of, whereas something like Hollywood Shuffle is specifically just about this topic, also then adding this, these two different, I don't know if American fiction mm. really covers itself on both fronts really well. So so how would you compare the publishers in American fiction to the filmmakers in Hollywood Shuffle? Yeah, I think I think the filmmakers in Hollywood Shuffle are assholes. Okay. I don't think okay. that they're played for I don't think that I think you're supposed to be disgusted when he okay. says play okay. it more black and stick your butt out more and like, you know, and I think that guy is trying he knows what he wants to say. He knows he wants to be racist. But he also can't do it. He also wants to be that fake ally. He okay. wants to be making a movie that that has. He wants to be giving pe black people an opportunity, right? Okay. That's how he sees himself. And so this idea of like he can allow himself to be shitty because he has power, but he's also giving these people a leg up and giving them money. Then I think you're supposed to see those guys as being dicks. It's it's it is and like their their moments of humor are like grotesque, you know, you see her with like, you see them saying things over and over again and her kind of like mawing, you know, at, you know, it's, so it's just, it's gross. Right. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask this question. Do you think then the publishers in American fiction are acting the way they are because of quote unquote cancel culture? Like, are they sort of doing that pandering thing because they're worried about saying the wrong thing and getting in trouble when they know they can sell this book for a ton of money? I'd buy it if it wasn't for like the do rag line. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, no, no. I mean, and, and I, I don't know that I really believe that myself, but I'm like wondering because they are clownish. Right. Right. I mean, they really are like cartoon characters at that point. And it's like, why no one in that woman's position in publishing is going to sort of 
act like that. I mean, there may be some kind of, you know, some kind of pain ring, but they're not going to just, you know, right. Uh, right. You know, turn into a, a submissive puppy at that point. Uh, let me ask this one question about American fiction. Why or not about American fiction, but about why isn't Jeffrey Wright in everything? Oh, he's amazing. <laughs> just, I, I don't, he is just, no, he's fantastic. And I, I, I hope that this is a role that does. I mean, I know that he's known, right. And I know he's in Wes Anderson things and, but this guy should be leading things like, constantly leading things like there should be a slew of scripts that that are at his doorstep like what did he he did basquiat which is fucking amazing yeah was that 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 was schnobble yeah 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 yeah. Um, 95 yeah i know right it had to be fucking schnobble (laughs) (laughs) he's such a fucking he's such a prick yeah like and he always was Mm -hmm. Like, so self-important. Well, just, well before he started making films. Right, I mean, like no. just as a painter, just what a prick. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, so American fiction, he was in, yeah, Asteroid City and I guess he's in Rustin. He was in the Batman. Um, uh, yeah, he's mostly, yeah, he's mostly bad. I mean, like, I think his breakout was Westworld, right? I mean, as far as like most recent breakout, he was in yeah, the I mean, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Not that he's the, always good in those James Bond films. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's always good. good. He's That's good in thing. everything. He's just never really had that. I mean, this is this his first other than Basquiat? Is this his first like, like I'm the star role. of this? I think so. That's fucking awful. That is terrible. He should. I had no idea he was in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Or in Presumed Innocent. Well, anyway, it's been a minute since I've seen Presumed Innocent. Speaking of, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that Townsend auditioned for SNL and lost out to Murphy. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. I'm like, oh shit, that's a man. That's which I mean, also then why don't you just take both of them? I mean, obviously, fuck you, right? <laughs> Dudikoff right. and Brandon. Yeah, was Dudikoff? Was it that? What? Who was the Who was the lead of set SNL at that time? It wasn't Lauren Michaels. Lauren Michaels was gone at that point. Oh, because he came back. Yeah, he, yeah. Because this was like eighty one, eighty two, right? So it's yeah. not Dudikoff because that's the guy who played American Ninja. So it's uh, Brandon Tardenkoff or something like that. Which Which the the black guy from the American Ninja movies is in is Hollywood, in Hollywood Shuffle. Shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That guy's fucking amazing. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I kind of wish that. Um, He's also the uh, the the good football coach in Johnny Be Good, the oh, right, <laughs> Robert right, Downey right. Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of wish that Bamboozled was even meaner than it is. How, um, how would you make it? Meaner? I don't know. I don't. I I feel like that it it. I, I feel like it could have more of a sneer to it. I know this sounds weird. Uh, it does because quite... it is kind of. I mean, I know it is mean, <clears throat> but I do feel like I, it could lean into that even more. The, the, the audience doesn't really get its comeuppance. Yeah. And so that's the, I mean, aside from, because I don't think the audience, when, when Man Ray gets killed at the end, I don't think that the audience would take that upon themselves as saying that we did this. Right. Yeah. So in the end, when you've got the Sicilian and the Latina and the old white woman and, and all of them saying what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, all of them in blackface. Uh, I don't think that it gets, I, I mean, I, I understand the point of that scene and I understand this, like this appropriation, which is fucking brilliant. 
but also makes us complicit watching the film. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and maybe that's what I mean. Maybe I should feel like even worse after. Well, and I, I think, don't... I think the entire credit scene is supposed to make you start like that. That's, that's just, it's amazing. And yeah. it's really that scene, that whole sequence. And then the sequence that he has at the end of black Klansman, like mm. I was in tears. I, I just, that fucking killed me. And uh, I, I, he does that so well, like his use of music. And then that whole like compilation of, of short, I mean like of, of bits is just, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I I'm with you. It's, it's, it, it would be nice to have, <laughs> I don't know the building collapse, but I think, I think that's his point though. Right. I think the point is we that get away with, we it. get away with it. Right. That the people who suffer are the ones who have to do the inner turmoil and the ones who end up actually getting killed because they were partaking in it. Yeah. Well, it's a, I fucking, I, I've always, I'm like, I'm always blown away by it. And I, and like, I hadn't seen it in a while since yeah, I, I, when I watched it again. And I remember, I remember loving it when it came out and I, and I'm always kind of blown away by people. I think, I think the reason it's not high, more highly rated is that it just makes people too uncomfortable. I, I, I don't think, I think, I don't think people can wrap their heads around accepting the racist images that they're seeing and then, and then, and then also taking in the message that you're supposed to be taking in. And, um, and I know Spike rubs people the wrong way. Some people, I mean, Spike's not, not Spike's a filmmaker. That's not for everybody, but I don't know. He pushes the buttons. No, but he's, he's, I mean, no, I, I really like Spike Lee as well. And I mean, I think he's unapologetic in what he's trying to do. And so, I mean, fuck people that don't like Spike Lee, I guess. I mean, and he doesn't, I mean, and he doesn't care. Right. right, right. I mean, I think like, his biggest frustration of people not liking him is not being able to get funding to make movies. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, and that's, I wonder how much of that also, again, I'm going to go back to the shooting on mini DV. I wonder how much of that played into him making that choice. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I can't let it go. I understand. Because I mean, it's so good other than, that's the uh, whatever it, it, it's look it's a fantastic film <laughs> i hadn't seen it in a long time either uh, so yeah anyway Didn't we solve like the Israel Palestinian thing last last month? Or yeah, I'm pretty sure we so did. Now and so we've, now we've, we've solved um, black relations. Yeah, now, hey, so. we're in a now because of us. We're in a hey guys post racial society. Right. It was Obama and then us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're welcome. So okay. yeah, I mean, what what are the big societal problems? To I guess we'll talk tackle the uh, LGBTQ groups next next. Right? Yeah, we'll and, and, and women's rights. Women's we'll rights. Yeah, women, I mean, and I think we are the two the two straight <laughs> men to tackle women's rights and, right. and fix everything. Look, we have ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Right? We oh, have. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I've got some ideas. I like like any time because I will get this question from like time to time, right? Especially like teaching, where I'll get these questions about thoughts on like abortion issues. <laughs> and I'm just like, my thought is that it's not up to me. <laughs> <laughs> People look at me. I'm like, <laughs> and right. It's yeah. okay not to have, it's, it's okay not to think about things. Yeah. No, it's not up to me. Cause it's not my body. Sure. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Brock's not a big thinker. It's fine. That's what he's really trying to, to come up. It's what he's I'm, trying to impart look, here. What, what I'm trying to say is that I, it's somebody else's problem. I have a brain. I don't use it. <laughs> right. I care, but also fuck you.
if it's on my front porch, I'll deal with it. Until then, leave me alone. <laughs> right. Go figure it out yourself. <laughs> How does this concern me? <laughs> How is this my problem? I don't know. I'll be dead by then. Right. <laughs> right. We'll all be dead all by right. then. Anything else you want to say about um, race relations in America uh, or, um, or, those, or those three films? Buckle in, folks. Yeah, buckle. Have you, have you seen, when was the last time you saw Fear of a Black Hat? It's been a okay. long while. Yeah, yeah I, I put it on the other day, like, and kind of just like you know bits and pieces of it, and and it's a trip. Yeah, it is a trip. Um, and Cundiff, who did that film, is also in Hollywood Shuffle, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. So, um, I, I I I need to go and watch the <clears throat> see what's on the extra features and the criteria. I would love to see how he pulled all those people together and like and got that and was just basically the day to day of that film has got to be amazing yeah i mean i can't i don't think it was an easy film to make i mean no. just financially right so. no i mean like the trailers for it were like hey i've spent a lot of money please go see this movie kind of thing <laughs> like <laughs> yeah um because yeah i mean it was a lot of his own money that he put into it right and then so i read two differing reports where one was that he didn't ask for funding and then another was that he couldn't secure funding from people um, that he was asking, but just couldn't get it. So, I mean, it, it doesn't right. really matter. I just think that that's kind of an interesting because then he got the distribution through, um, what MGM, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I saw a fucking, um, <clears throat> what did I see? I saw the beekeeper and that's being produced by Miramax. And the, the intro for the Miramax logo looks like H like the old HBO eighties. Yeah. Like it's, yeah fucking bonkers it's really it was just really weird it, was, it looked like an old like coming soon on video cassette like it, it, it was i was so out of like out of left field for like it's like we're the new nice miramax don't forget right. about the wine scene stuff like, <laughs> forget about that that wasn't <laughs> well and it's also like didn't orion do american fiction yeah and it looks like a fucking i, I don't know like a tron i, disc I know or something i know like, and i'm like didn't orion go away for a little bit i think and wasn't so. it like then revived and stuff so okay I, What's coming next will be canon. <laughs> right. That'll we're be gonna, the next one. We're, we're bringing it back, folks. <laughs> uh, Only two more Cassavetes. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to AI Cassavetes yeah. films at this point. Yeah. It's yeah. been a shitty month for films, by the way. It, it's like, and, and not that I've, not that anything that's been released has been, I mean, besides American fiction has been good. Like, I saw yeah. night and then I see I've seen I've seen films that you'll never see, but I saw Night Swim, which was fucking I'll shit. I'll see Night Swim. It was I mean, I don't think it's going to be very good. That's not why it's seen, yeah. but but I mean, I'll I'll, I'll watch um, it. But The Beekeeper was the dumbest fucking movie I've ever seen. Not ever seen, but one of the ones long, yeah. and then a long, really long time. And Statham like sleepwalks through it, of course. And then The Book of Clarence was bullshit. But uh, okay, well, yeah. I want to. I haven't had a chance to go see that yet because I mean, I have other things. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I do want to talk about it on. This we can talk about. We can definitely talk. So. I definitely. It's worth talking about. I know I'm interested to see. Don't yeah. let me. Don't let my. No, um, no, I won't. Comment. I mean, I think I'm, it looks provocative. I'm interested to see how the story plays out and what they do with said story. I also, well, I'll save it. I'll save it. Um, here's something I wanted to ask you before we, before we get into the next segment of the show. Earlier on, I think several episodes, you have lamented the year in film. Mm-hmm. Um, what constitutes a good year? I, don't I mean, know. is it is it like is it the number of good films that are in theaters, 
Is it the number of available films in theaters? And I'm, and I'm this is not like, I mean, no, no, I'm no. just curious. I just, I, I, one, I don't think you can, I mean, I may, I don't think that there's anything like looking back at this year and I was, and I was, I confirmed my suspicions looking back at the films of the year while we were trying to put together the screamies is that this has not been a good year for film. And I, and I think I, what I look at it is these, if I look at the movies that I'm actually going to remember 10, 15, 20 years from now, like, and, and rewatchability of films, there's nothing. I mean, like there, there are good films here, but there's maybe 10 that I, that I feel mm. are worthwhile. Okay. Um, and like, that may be that may constitute a good deal, but I I looked at the just the just the American releases, and most of them are bullshit. Yeah, I mean yeah. like, look you you can and you can like the I I think look the ones that we'll continue to talk about year over year. I think you're going to continue to talk about Oppenheimer because it's a big tentpole film. I think you're going to continue to talk about Barbie because that's going to live on for a good long while. Um, I think past lives will have some legs. I think that's going to film that people we'll are going to future lives. <laughs> yes. It will have future lives. That'll be the sequel. Uh, I think that will be one of those films that people go back. Oh, and then they'll forget and then they'll rediscover and forget and rediscover. Yeah. Outside of that, like, I don't think people are ever going to talk about killers. Like you don't talk about the Irishman. You don't like you. We're not going to talk about killers of the flower moon. It's too long. It's not good. No one's going to fucking remember that shit. It, it'll be for, Scorsese dorks and that's going to be basically it. Yeah. And then tell me what else you'd think about. Like you know, American fiction I don't think is going to stick around. I think that'll that think that that's going to float. Um I don't know like in the other films that are on my list like that that are not they're not big enough. Like poor things I think will fall into that weird if you've seen it you really love it, but I don't know if it's going to make a dent on pop culture. Mm. Um, Bo is afraid you're, I mean, like that's, you, you, I don't think that one is, I think that one's going to get kind of lost in the A24 shuffle. Um, so yeah, man, I, 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 I don't see this as being a particularly strong, and even like your popcorn films, like don't, won't resonate. Indiana Jones won't resonate. Fast 10 won't resonate. None of the no. superhero movies will resonate. Like you won't go back and look at this and go, Oh shit, man. I remember 2023 and it was just like banger after banger. And I don't, I mean, like there's a handful gotcha. of films and that's basically it. Okay. So one word answer from you. Are you excited for the screamies? I am fucking stoked for the screamies. Sorry. I didn't use one word. Yes. Okay, welcome, Screamers, to the first annual Screamy Awards. The Screamy is given in recognition of achievements, or lack thereof, in direction, performance, and should-haves that represent Wilhelm's iconoclasm and overall opinionated views during the previous year. Um, with this year's show, we invite you to check your screamlage. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Jason, let's jump into to our first category. <laughs> Should have brought some envelopes to like <laughs> this is this is the category of most overlooked or most underrated film of the year. So all right. Uh I'll go first. Yes. <laughs> uh, my most overlooked film, I think, was a thousand and one. Uh it 
I, I this one came out. I don't remember exactly when it came. It was early in the year, and it seemed like it dumped directly almost on HBO Max or something. Um, but a really, really brilliant story of uh, a young woman who has. You know, I don't want to give anything away if you haven't seen it, but you know, a young woman and and, and um, the child that she's taking care of and and her plight to keep under the radar so they can stay together. Um, I think it was really, really well done. Um, I don't think a lot of people talked about it when they, when it came out. And I think it's kind of gonna, it doesn't really have a whole lot of um, award accolades at this point. And I think that's a fucking shame. I think this is one of those films. Like if I, if you look at, and again, I know awards are bullshit, right? That's why we're doing this. show. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, I wish that there exist and i know there's like an independent spirit and there's things like but i wish that these all weren't like self-congratulatory jerk-off fests where we do the same films over and over and over again i wish there was a venue where because this is much better than most of the shit that is that is uh um you know being awarded right now well this was one of the reasons i i'm sorry not to interrupt you this is one of the reasons i asked you that question about like a good year because i feel like there have been a lot of good films, but also like a lot of dross. And so, yeah, I mean, not to, not to argue that, but it's like, man, there's been some really good stuff that we just don't talk about. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that's part of it too, right? Is that this idea of a good year needs to have these films be recognized. You talk about like good years of like, you know, and I know that a lot of these films like 99 and, and 84, they're all blockbuster years, but there are good years that where most of the shit was independent cinema that, that we did pick up kind of, and that were, you know, smaller releases that, that were championed. And, 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 and like we've lamented over the past number of episodes that it just doesn't happen anymore. I think it's like every episode. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> that we lament. In fact, we just record that once and then we cut it in every episode. Yeah, each time, so, each right? time. Like, I, and I go, I'll go back and like do a little bit of voiceover work just to make it varied <laughs> enough. Right. right? <laughs> Doing the Pierre Delacroix voice on it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> The one I hate so much. All right. So I think there's been like quite a bit of overlooked kind of underrated films. And I think even films like Fancy Dance starring Lily Gladstone that haven't found the distributor yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, fall into that, you know, that was a hit at Sundance and other festivals, but, but still not out there. Films like the five devils, right. Starring, um, a, a fan of our show, Adele Hexarchopoulos uh, monster, <laughs> which we've talked about right, on the show. Right, yeah. They clone Tyrone, I think, is an that was on my list. Right, underrated film too. Earth Mama was on mine mm-hmm, as well. Like, mm-hmm. and I cannot believe that, like, for a for an organization like A twenty four to not to kind of fumble the release of Earth Mama is bizarre to me. I felt like this was going to be like their prestige film that they were really, really going to push, and it just I never even heard that it came out right. And th- and it, that was crazy to me. Like that was the 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 closing night film of the o- not that the Oak Cliff Film Festival is the biggest film festival in, in in the world, but I mean like that that was a significant film that just got completely dropped and ignored. But that was a film that was talked a lot about at festivals. Yeah, and that's, yeah, and I mean a, another film that fell victim, I think maybe to the strike as well, was Problemista. Which I know hasn't come out yet, but right. But and I'll be interested. Same- I'll be interested to see how that one actually does get, re- you know, does get distributed and gets gets promoted. March, uh, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I was surprised that that one didn't come out at all. So I know, but like I felt like Earth Mama never came out. So right. So this plays into my winner for this award, 
which is another A24 film that premiered at Sundance. Um, it's a poetic, lyrical film by Raven Jackson called All Dirt Roads Taste of Salt. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's ever hit the theater. I mean, I, think I, and I don't understand, right? But it's also like I've heard it talked about and I've seen it written about in just the past couple of months. So I wonder if it's been playing somewhere. But my point is, is that this is one that we really just overlooked. And it is, it, it, it deserves so much more attention. I hope it gets it somehow. Um, cause it's really, it's really good. And I know that it's, it's been on streaming. It's on like VOD and it has been, I think for a while. Since, yeah. 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 So, um, but this goes back to that. It's a weird a 24 year. They've yeah. got these like prestige movies, prestige films, and they're not doing anything with them. Yeah. It's it, if you're not Aster or, you know, one, right. if, if it seems like you don't get the praise no. or, or the play i don't and i don't necessarily know you know what their distribution how that all, how that all works and i but again we continually talk about theaters that have empty screens like how hard is it to provide a digital file you don't have to fucking advertise it you don't have to do i mean like you don't have to do anything but at least get get people to the opportunity to see it yeah i mean it, it it's crazy to me that we're filling shit and you're letting films last in these theaters that no one's, I mean, like trick it up, like, right. like throw, right. throw it out there. Right. What's, what's the harm? I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Another, and, and before we move on from this category, I do want to sort of point out another film that I think is completely overlooked and underrated. And that's Kelly Reichert showing up. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, and again, another fucking a 24 film that's really good Yeah, and got no attention. I mean, it's got a nice Blu-ray like (laughs) issue, but, but yeah. Um, Okay. So our winners for most overlooked mine was all dirt roads, taste of salt. And Jason's was a thousand. I almost said earth mama, a thousand, (laughs) a thousand and one with Tiana Taylor. (laughs) All right. This next category screamers is a very special one. Um, This is the film that would make the best porn parody. Now I want to make sure to emphasize the word parody. We are not saying that the actors and actresses within these films should make a porno film, right? Oh, at least I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but a, a parody, a spoof of, right? Okay, go, go ahead, Jason. All right. Well, so I, one of, <laughs> there were like a couple this of, be good. There, were, yeah, there were quite a few movies that actually had porn titles just straight up anyway. Uh, it Lives Inside, Bottoms, <laughs> She Came to Me. All three of those, fine. And so I, I, I played with a bunch. I, I have, I have quite a few here. Um, and then I'll get. Uh, okay. I'll, uh, I'll give you my winner. But these are the, these are the, these are the nominees. The, the nominees. The nominees are, eighty and Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Big George's foreskin. <laughs> what? That was Big George Foreman. Oh, oh, you changed the. T- That's what I'm doing here. Is that not what you did? You just talked about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't change the title. Oh, okay. That's what go, I. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right, okay. Right. Okay. So, so a humping with penis, which is a haunting in Venice. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Master Hardener. Uh, <laughs> getting off behind her. Or behind her. Getting off behind her. <laughs> eat, eat the world's behind. Oh my god. Um. But my my winner, the winner of uh the porn parody of the major release that should be made was. 
drillers of the powdered poon. <laughs> oh wow. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So so I think we took different interpretations. <laughs> so warning, like different interpretations. So Jason made a porn parody title. I kept the title the same, but I thought, what if the scenario of the film, the film itself, was mm-hmm. turned into a porno film? Okay. All right, right. So same plot, same whatever, right? And 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 we did have some crossover. I also had a haunting in Venice, right, in here. I was like, <laughs> what would this look like? A seance? We have a title for a it. Sort of like, yeah, right. Um, I think too that Medusa Deluxe would make a good like porn mm-hmm. parody. With uh, just thinking about all the hair and the opportunity to highlight that. Um, Asteroid City could be a fun like. <laughs> I tried to play with that one, but I couldn't get the oid part down. Yeah, yeah. See, I had ass again, and titties, but I didn't. Again, have the oid. I'm visualizing what this film might look like. <laughs> ass and titties without the oids. There's no good. There's no good oid. Word. Something void. Yeah, I know. I was like, I, I was like. Ass void titties, but I couldn't. I, I, it was it was close. I was I was, but I couldn't quite nail the landing. Okay, okay. but the film that I think, hi mom, how you doing? <laughs> I mean, look, you've seen like Star Trek porn parodies. And sure. So, so right. this is yeah. where I would. This is what I was thinking, right? So my winner is the Alien Home Invasion film. <laughs> no one will save you. <laughs> She's just getting sexually assaulted by aliens the entire time. Like she's naked, no, but like no, no, no. See, this is this is what I'm saying. It's not. It's not like assaulted, right? But you can instead of like the cable guy coming over or the pizza delivery guy, it's it's aliens, just gigantic just aliens. Gigantic. Yes, all and they're all different and like gang banging Caitlyn Deaver. No, then the, this is. See, this was my disclaimer where it's it wasn't not the same people. <laughs> it's not the same people. <laughs> That's what I was saying. That's why I said that, right? That this is a parody right. not starring the same actors and actresses. Starring right? Kate Lynn Beaver. Kate Lynn. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <sighs> <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. So there was that. Let's 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 move on. And now I want you to say drillers of the, drillers of the flowered poon. Drillers. So Jason's winner was drillers of the flower poon or drillers of the powdered poon. Powdered I'm sorry. Poon, right. And mine is a uh, porn parody of an alien home invasion movie. I'm not starring starring Kate Lynn Beaver. <laughs> All right. Okay. What's our next? All right. category? The next category is what film would have been a better film if done by. A, Elaine May, and B, John Cassavetes. So, two films here? Two films okay. here. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So, my film that would have been better had it been directed by Elaine May is Jennifer Lawrence's No Hard Feelings. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 That's that's a good one. Um, would have been much more edgy, biting, yeah. um, and just absolutely funnier. So, let me give you my sure, main your choice. I, and I was thinking of stuff like Anyone But You and... Mm-hmm. Um, um, even the holdovers, I would, oh, this would be interesting. Right. But what I settled on, and I kind of went the same direction with both was what if Elaine May did the killer? See, I was, I was toying with that one okay, too. Okay. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, how much more nuanced would this be? How much like, or how much like less clever and less cliched would this be? She did Mikey and Nikki. Now here's a take on like a solo kind of hitman who's very insular. Yeah. 
I like it. I'd watch it. Come on, Elaine. (laughs) You still got it in you. (laughs) Uh, And my film that would have been better if it had been directed by John Cassavetes was A Good Person. Oh. Fuck, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that'd be a good movie. Yeah, that'd be better than what we got. Oh, holy shit. I mean, look, Zach Braff is our generation's John Cassavetes for sure. Oh, that's that's good. Um, Okay. The one that I pick for Cassavetes, and this is where they kind of like match up, is Eileen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought that Cassavetes did Eileen. You get something, this kind of mix of, I mean, almost like what Gloria was. Right, and, right. And these two women, you know, in a kind of strange dance. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see, those, those would have been much better films. All right. So speaking of films that would have been better with blank, what film would have been better had Florence Pugh been in it? This is the one where I struggled, so I'm going to... Oh, know, I didn't hear. Look, the answer is every film. <laughs> well, sure. Absolutely. Yes. Every film. So now give us your choice. There's, there's so, mine. <laughs> the, the film that would have been better and the role that she would have been played, uh, she could have played Keith Von Eric in Iron Claw. She's already in <laughs> Fighting with the Fighting Family. Fighting with my right? family. I mean, like, so, yeah. like, she already has the wrestling... And it would have been hands down better than what Zach Efron brought. Okay, wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. All right, because I want to talk about Iron Claw. Um, I want to talk about Iron Claw when we talk about the Book of Clarence because okay. because that's fair. I disagree with you <laughs> that Zach Efron wasn't good. I think he was good. Okay, I think he was good, and I disagree. I actually with, haven't with seen so, it. So, oh well, then fuck you. I mean, okay. <laughs> Look, I'm just making assumptions on what I know about Zach Efron and what I know about Florence Pugh. And we've well, okay, already no, said so. That that's she, that's not no 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 that that's not wrong because so th- here let me let me jump in here I mean, like yeah, be serious. I'll for accept a your so, fuck you. That's not um, well. I know why wouldn't you? <laughs> I did think I did wonder like what would Florence Pugh have been like in Lily James's role in Iron Claw? So mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. I did take this category seriously. I just think <laughs> she should be in every film that I watch. Yeah, I toyed around with like. Like she would have like, there's, I mean, like, you're right. It's all of them. Yeah. It's all of them. And every role, she would have been better in every role. I wanted to, I wanted to put her in Eileen, but I don't know who she would play because Eileen character needs to be kind of like mousy and and sort of submissive. And then, um, the femme fatale, I can't remember her name now. The femme fatale, Rebecca, um, needs to be. And hath a blonde and hath right, like, tall right. and sort yeah. of long and and I mean we've you've already mentioned how sort of non traditionally attractive Florence Pugh is so <laughs> right. I just I don't think you need to categorize her attractiveness. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Anything else that you wanted to to no add that's there? that's basically okay. idea. Now. All right, all right. Then let's let's move on to something a little more serious, and that is the most overhyped or overrated film. All right. This one, there's, we had a lot this year. There were a lot to choose from, but my, I ultimately landed on John Wick four because this was universally loved and it it is garbage. (laughs) Like it's not like it's, it's, well, let me say this, that it's three fucking hours long. And right. And I know we complain about long movies on this moot pot, but like, this is three hours long of gun porn. Yeah. Right. And it, look, I like Keanu. I like Keanu in these roles where he's. And we know you like porn. He's playing. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> where he's playing a dumb dumb and like and like where he's playing right in Keanu's sweet spot. Right. And but we're on four here and. 
three hours of constant, if every minute is action, then no minutes are action. We know if everyone's special, then no one is. Well, I think we're all special in our own way. And so we have to sit through, and also it's 20, not, I'm not, again, I don't want to be that guy where we can't have nice things because there's always some asshole trying to ruin it. But like, are we in 2024 when we have a mass shooting Mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. every couple of days mm-hmm. where we're really truly championing this, this like, like really just fetishism of, of, of gun violence. And again, I know I'm not, I know, I know how that sounds. Look, I, and I, if this had been an hour 90 and it would have just been in like, it just a few things here and there, but like we've leveled off 300,000 bullets in this film. And I just, it just, it's just boring. It's right. trite. And I don't understand, like it wasn't, like even if the action sequences were well choreographed, three hours of them is like eating. You know, it's just like you know eating a fine meal for, but overdoing it, right? It's just, I mean, like there's no, there was no like nuance that Monty to this Python film. skit, right? Where that, yeah, <laughs> right. No, no, and I and I, and I meant that like in all seriousness. Yeah, right? it, yeah, this I don't understand. Like, I don't. I mean, I don't really understand the the love of I, the the level of love for these films is kind of mind boggling to me, um, but. This one just, I just like, why, why are we all excited about a three hour John Wick? When, like you said, when you just gunpoint, when you could have made two John Wicks and like released them later. I mean, like, I, I don't know. It was just like I said, yeah. everyone gushed about this movie. It was yeah. not so good. Why do you think certain movies will get blamed for violence and other movies won't? Like why? I mean, we, we, we see shootings, we see whatever. And, and I think a lot of, um, Leaders in in this country will say, "Oh well, it's video games, it's it's rap music, it's this and that," but we don't. I think hear the, that about John Wick. I think the soup du jour now is mental illness. So now we just kind of blanket that as <clears throat> right. I mean, like it was whatever we could point to to uh, say it wasn't the guns. And so for a while, it's movies. For the next time, it's first person shooters, and now it's mental illness and that. And we and capitalism consumerism didn't allow us to do anything about movies or you know because it was art you know or video games because it was consumerism and mental health because we're too fucking lazy and we don't want to do anything about that anyway yeah. and 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 we're also still not not going to address the gun, the gun problem either so right. cool. <laughs> or or address the mental illness problem we're right not right going to do anything here's the problem but no we're not gonna we we, we can't afford to do <laughs> we've identified it that's all we need we look <laughs> that's that's it right knowing is half the battle i think um if not uh, all of it Okay, so this was another category for me with a lot of potential winners. And I even think, I mean, I think of films like Saltburn, mm-hmm. um, just with like the, all of the talking about and the, oh my God, this film. Um, but I even think sort of the Barbenheimer thing sort of was, was could fall into this category with the kind of overhypedness and, and all that. And, and you even talked about, um, when we talked about Anatomy of a Fall, you clocked this as overrated, right? <laughs> right. But and the killer is overrated. But I'm giving my screamy to Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm tired of people apologizing for this movie and saying it's good. It really has gotten out of hand. Yes, it, 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 I'm tired because it, it continues. Like, yeah, I mean, come on, like one, like we're all waiting for this thing, right? Because I mean, the Scorsese bros come out in force and now everyone's like, Oh no, it's on every top 10 list. Every, every, every top five, it's a masterpiece. I'm like, is it, is it though? <laughs> I, it's not even a top five. 
I mean, like a clear, I mean, clearly. I mean, I, I mean, it's well, bottom of the barrel Scorsese, of Scorsese. Yeah. Like, it's not. Um, yeah, it's 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 really. I, I I find this the love of this and the lack of analysis. I, I know one know that sound makes me sound pompous, but like, I do oh, feel I I do feel like the. This is the Washington Redskins of movies. This is, this is, we're not listening to, oh, oh, gotcha. we're not <laughs> listening to the people who should be listened to. Right. Yeah. And we're, we're allowing, Oh, you know, it's fine because, it, because it's a, a prestige filmmaker. It's not because the move, the cut, because the team sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it took me, it took uh, me I'm, a minute I'm, because yeah. I mean, now it's the Washington football team. Right. Or or the, the, commanders. the commanders, the commanders. Yeah. Sorry. But, but it's, there are, it is just like that. It's it's the we got a few people involved, and now we're patting ourselves on the back of for representation. But what we did was is we basically took it away from them, and we told a bad story, and we told it about the white people of this story, and used the people of color as a set dressing, which is what the fucking film is supposed to be against, right? I mean, it's, that's that's the whole intent. And I what I what I find kind of what I find disturbing is I don't feel like people are. I, I feel like people don't realize that. I feel like people, and this is, again, we go back to fucking American fiction and, and bamboozled. Yes, there are stories we don't fucking get to tell. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are roles you don't get to fucking play. And maybe at some point when the pendulum swings back or we're all fucking, we're all fucking one, maybe. But at this point, you don't get to fucking tell this story and and stop trying to do and and stop patting yourself on the back for doing it. You took money away from people who could have told this story better, who could have told this story accurately, who could have told this story and been representative and you and you ran with it and now you're 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 patting again. You're the fucking producer in right. Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah. You're the filmmaker in Hollywood Shuffle. And it's yeah, it's not as blatant and it is not as grotesque in that same way but it's still fucking grotesque. And the fact that, that we're not talking about it and or that some people are and they're being ignored, then fuck that. Fuck yeah. that and fuck this movie. Yeah, we've only talked about it before. I fucking hate this movie. I know, I know. Movie. I was going to say, I but didn't want to like... But, <laughs> but I'm with you. I, yeah, and that's kind of why I was like, I didn't... Like, I, I'm, I'm with you on, on yeah. the screen me on this. Um, yeah, fuck, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Go watch yes. Thrillers of the Powdered Poon. <laughs> The film that the, that we will be making. <laughs> Apparently, Jason only has a story credit on that one, so everyone, everything else has been taken over. The next category is the Pretty Girls Don't Wear Glasses Award. Now, let's do some explaining here, right? So, this is an award. Um, how would you say that this, this title is tongue in cheek. Mm -hmm. It is, it is a satirical title and us calling attention to all the myriad ways that Hollywood, the fashion industry, pop music, whatever tries to identify what beauty is or tries to legislate beauty and that a girl who wears glasses is clearly ugly. And, And I always think back to the scene in the big sleep where Bogart goes into the bookstore and this woman who's working at the bookstore is clearly attractive and attracted to him. And at one point he looks at her and he's like, do you have to wear and points to the glasses? <laughs> and she takes off the glasses. <laughs> then he just kind of goes, there she is. And I'm just like, what? what? 
she was already like why okay but or she's all that right she takes off the glasses <laughs> right. she puts on a dress and all of a sudden that's superman she's like i know well, yes right same thing with superman <laughs> um so that's that's how this award works what film and i think we might have different sort of yeah i took a sort of theoretical approach okay and i mine mine was uh clifton in the blackening oh okay interest yeah do you want to say more (laughs) no i'm I'm like i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you go with i'm gonna let it come you come to the realization of how good of an answer it was and then you start that's a really that's a really good answer um i didn't even think about but yeah no i mean he he looks like that so he's sort of unassuming and 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 they don't suspect him of being the big bad in this film, right? Because he's right. A, because he's a nerd. He's a right. black nerd. He wears glasses. So he's, he's the Urkel of the group. So and, it's black men don't wear glasses, right? Black men don't okay. wear glasses. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Huh. Okay. All right. So this is where I took a much kind of more, I think, theoretical approach, <clears throat> and I went with Rachel Sennett and Ayoade Beery in Bottoms. Okay. Because yeah. you, no, yeah, you tried to make them. <laughs> No, I think you're not, you're not talking about me in general, but like, yeah, this is one of the ones that I was like, I still feel uncomfortable like, <laughs> about this. Not, not, quite, not sure how I can talk about this. And no, that's fine. Not get on a registry but, somewhere. But they, I mean, even in the film, over the PA announcement in, in school, right? The principal's like, with the ugly, untalented gays coming to the office. And I'm like, there's no way <laughs> to make them. I mean, you're just saying, oh, because they're nerdy, they're ugly, but they're not. And so, I don't know. I mean, that's, but, but in theory, and I think the movie's playing with that sort of trope anyway. Right. But that's where I went with that. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, okay, all right, all right. So, what was a movie that you were surprised got made? So, we'll call this the How Did This Get Made? Screaming, the mm-hmm. screaming for, how did this movie get made? Uh, I think, and we talked about this when we talked about this movie, but my, uh, my award for How Did This Get Made is Bo is Afraid. It's 35 million. It's the most expensive up until the, the, the release for next year, which is Alex Garland's Civil War. Um, it is the most expensive A24 film. $35 million uh, psychotherapy session for Ari Aster to get off his chest, his mother, his, you know, his mom problems. Um, not that I didn't love it, but it, I don't. And it made 11.5. And they ended up, like, I think they ended up saying they lost the, the third, they lost $30 million on it. I don't know how you went into a pitch meeting. And unless you just was, and Astor was like, look, I'll make four or five more films for you for, you know, <laughs> and you can cut my fee. I don't know how you thought that this movie, you had to have read the script, no, how this movie was going to make anything back. There's no way they thought it was going to make anything back. Right. There's no way. So and I, I don't think, know how you, that, I mean, like, look, I'm, I'm glad on, good on you. And I'm, and I'm happy that you did it, but 35 mil to make that film is bonkers to me, knowing that you are basically flushing it down the toilet. But are they building cachet? Right. Are they, do they need building, to though? I don't know. Or, I mean, is Astra like, look, maybe I'll do a Nolan and go somewhere else. Yeah. Or focus I, or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe, who knows? I mean, what is a 24's long game? Right. What are they thinking? Are they thinking if we give this guy this, then maybe other people will come and do other things? I don't, I don't know. I mean, 
I'm clearly not a business person. I would imagine they want to keep Aster in, in yeah. you know, this is not the house that Aster built necessarily, but it's definitely not, not that either. Right. <laughs> right I mean, right. I don't mean to be kind of, I don't mean to be facetious in that same sense. I mean, like, or no, he, coy, he's, in, just, he's an important part of that stable or that right. roster. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, and, but still 30, you couldn't have talked him I down know. a little bit to like 25. I, what, isn't most of it construction paper? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know the the, um, the giant attic dick cost like 15. well 15 yeah, i mean there's a lot of paper machine <laughs> animatronic and, paper machine. and the rest was parker posey's salary <laughs> which look right which is well deserved right deserves. well deserved um so i also had bows afraid but i had a backup because of that and so both of the movies i had for this were movies that i really liked Right. But still, like, I scratch my head, like, how did this actually happen? So my winner would be Barbie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That. About that. So Barbie's my winner for the How Did This Get Made Screamy. Yeah. It, it is one of those films that is like, it is better than it deserved to be. And it, it is surprising that you put a. $150 million tentpole on Greta Gerwig's shoulders who had not had really proven herself at that point. Not, I mean, like not with not, something not like, like that. that, not that large. I mean, like in it, I mean, and I'm not, this is not a denigration no, 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 of Greta no, no, Gerwig, no. but I mean like she doesn't make blockbuster movies. Though, right. So. Um, so yeah, it's surprising that the <laughs> Jesus, whatever the fuck's happening to Fort Worth tonight is, yeah, is very scary. Look, this um, is a nice neighborhood. I don't know. <laughs> Brock's coming out with his version of Hollywood shuffle here. In a little bit. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a good call. It's, it is a good call because it is like, it, this is a movie that's been bandied about for quite right. a long time too. Right. Sharon Stone took a hack at it. I mean, like obviously Amy, uh, what's her face took a hack at it. Um, and, uh, so what, why can't I, why can't I pull her name? I don't know. Train, train, train wreck. Uh, oh, Amy Schumer, Amy Schumer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, because she did that movie train wreck, not because she is a train wreck. Like, <laughs> right, I didn't know. Right. This is a movie that, that Amy Taubin called uh, a movie about a fucking doll. So I just, I mean, like, yeah. No, right. no, and I don't think she meant that in this really negative way, but she's like, it's a movie about a doll. I mean, and so, but like in that, like, yeah, it's, it's surprising that. I mean, we've had blockbuster bullshit though before though. That, that seems like a, yeah. that seems like a weird, weird statement to make. I mean, we made a movie about fucking Ouija boards and, and battleship and. Oh yeah. That's I right. mean, so like there's, there's been bullshit movies yeah. for forever. So, you know, all right, I get it. But I mean, still. So our next category is near miss. And I'm assuming because, you know, we did our due diligence on developing these categories. This is a movie that almost works, but doesn't quite work. Yeah. That's how I did it. Yeah. Okay. So, and mine is, Drillers of the Powdered Poon. <laughs> so um, close, folks. So close. <laughs> I I had a was, I had a couple for me. This um, is a real film. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was Theater Camp. Um, mm. And it had all the right ingredients, but focused way too much on the adults rather than the kids for me. But that's not the one I chose. The one I chose was dry ground burning. Oh, okay. And um, I, I, cause it, it, because it's such an interesting topic. It's such a fertile 
you know, ground to God. <laughs> right. I couldn't go anywhere else with it. So I kind of dug myself into the hole. Um, <laughs> dug into I know, the dry right? ground. It's fucking, yeah. it's, God, it just keeps going. <laughs> like literally this hole <laughs> that I've dug into dry ground keeps going. Um, but yeah, it was one that I wanted to like really, uh, and, and it just didn't hit for me. So yeah, dry ground burning is my, uh, yeah. near miss screaming. And, and my, mine is similar in the respect. I picked faux. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Mescal, Shersha Ronan. Um, I saw this at the Heartland Film Festival and was was excited to see it. Um, and I think it's now streaming on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And it just doesn't quite work. The idea is really great. This idea of we're in this post-apocalyptic world, right? The earth is dying and people have to go up and work at the space station, you know, from time to time. And what they do is they leave your partner with basically like a copy of you. Right. Right. And so this kind of, you know, looks at that experiment and what happens between the two people. And so the idea is great. And the performances, the three performances are all fantastic, but it just doesn't quite come together. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, This is the least coveted screaming award, by the way. (laughs) The near miss. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everyone else leans into it. Even the people that even the ones that are like most overrated. And okay, fine. Fuck you. Then I'll take that. one. I'll own it. Right. All right. Um, okay, so the next one is five must, five must screams. You just want to go back and forth. I don't have them in any order. Sure. Um, uh, they clone, they clone Tyrone. That was one of my, oh, okay. See, my- I was going to say like, I think my list is going to be fairly basic. Um, I mean, I, you know, but these are films that I think are going to be at least part of some kind of discourse of like art, emotion, and philosophy. Well, that sounded pretentious. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so the first one I'll give you is past lives. Mm-hmm. That's on my list as well. So, oh, okay. Past lives is on my list. All right. So then I also have anatomy of a fall. Okay. I'll give you poor things. That's on my list as well. All right. Then I'll give you master gardener. Oh, okay. I'll give you showing up. Okay. And then I'll give you bottoms is my last one. Oh, okay. Um, I put dream scenario. I think bottoms for me. I, I No, you're right. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I like dream scenario. I think bottoms for me, this is bottoms. Past lives will do fine on its own. It's already walking. It's good. I feel like bottoms need some help to, to grab that cultural cachet that it, that it absolutely deserves. Yeah. This like, I, this should be championed like Heather's or mean girl. This should be a staple of teen comedies for years and years to come. Um, and I don't quite know why it hasn't gotten there. And that's bothersome to me. <laughs> yeah. And I don't understand the people that don't like it. Yeah. I don't I just, get, I don't get either, it. I don't really. get it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it, look, it's the, the you have to, it, this, that doesn't lay out the satire for you on a silver platter, but it's also not that difficult to grasp <laughs> either. It's really not. I mean, the men wear their football uniforms the entire time. <laughs> they never take them off. Right. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's not that hard to, I, I, I think it's, no, I think it's great. And I think, I think just everything about it is great. I think the point of view is, I think Seligman is really good as a director. Yeah. And I think all of the performances are good in that movie. And they're all, I mean, Marshawn Lynch, getting that turn out of Marshawn Lynch, I think is, is great. Um, is, it, is it something that just, that, that films just have a harder time capturing and, and can kind of retaining that level of uh, attention? Because if you look at something like Booksmart or Lady Bird or things that should have been kind of been seminal, like the last real teen movie that 
has stuck has been super bad. And how long ago was that? I mean, a good while. I mean, yeah. over, yeah. I mean, because that, I mean, that's the beginning of Emma Stone. That's beginning of not Sarah, but, uh, but really, and, but yeah, Seth for sure. So, yeah. and I mean, uh, not those, Seth, something. I got you. Jonah, <laughs> right, Jonah Hill. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean that kind of, and then you get a lot more of that Apatovian, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff after that too. Sure. So it's, I, look, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, what is our appetite for movies like now? I mean, the average, average theater goer, which is the average streamer. I mean, is it, is it movies like this or is it just IP driven stuff? Is it just, well, it, but even, that's even, not, even, even that, that's like that's not, really. yeah, I know, I know. I was just going to say like, like, I, like what are there... the, what are the films, <clears throat> what are the films that we're talking about from, from five years ago? Um, that aren't Marvel based that, that just kind of pop up everywhere. Um, like, I mean like the comedies that exist on, on the, the, the you know, the channels, whatever the fucking channels are, <laughs> TNT or, you know, <laughs> you know, what do they call them when the TV has a number and then there's a thing must feed the idiot box. Right. <laughs> the, but like, yeah, what is being shown over and over and over again these days is, and again, I don't have cable I don't, TV, but like, I don't know, actually, but like here and like, is that what drove pop culture from when we were kids? Is that because we, we had no other choice and we just, they were driven into our brains. But I mean, like even then you still went to the movie theater. I mean, you still went to the, the video store and you, you rented the same things over and over again. So you could watch them. There's things that exist in the zeitgeist, you know, the horror films, the nightmare on Elm streets and the Friday the 13th and Halloween's and these things that when you talk about them, they stick and they taught, you know, everyone knows about them. I don't know. Like is what is what's, I don't know. I don't know what's popular on a, on a, on a generic network. That's not, law and order or uh, NCIS or, you know, something that gets repeated over and over and again, these, I, I don't know what gets, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, and, and, and I don't know either. And um, is that what, is that what actually makes any of these actually stick? Well, I mean, I think also like TV is so different now anyway. I mean, I know like most terrestrial sort of TV, I mean, like cable cable is gone. So we have, and, and then, Channels like TBS, TNT are programming in a different way now as well. I mean, so you'll get Batman movies on TNT or something right, right over and over. Um, but I don't, so I don't know. I mean, who's, I also think that like not as many people are watching cable or like sure, well, yeah, traditional so, or non-traditional, right? right? So, so that isn't now we have to think about like what gets watched on Netflix over and over and it's friends. Right. Or right. Or, or whatever or, yeah. it is. Right. It's, it's stuff you can put on to fold your laundry too. Right. Right. I mean, it's not like, Oh, it's Friday night or it's whatever, or it's a Tuesday evening and I just want to put something on and Oh, look, it's, it's Tully. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So I don't. I, yeah. I, I think the only film that's going to stick that it, out of this year and so, it, it potentially Oppenheimer, but definitely Barbie. That's going to be the film yeah, that, that yeah. is when so, you talk about this year. But what, so, so what if, what if bottoms hits Netflix? Maybe like, will will it then become, you know, kind of posthumous cultural, like touchstone? It, I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, is that how this stuff happens now? Instead of like the syndication, not syndication, but the, you know, sort of TBS stuff. Is it, is it like Netflix? Look, it's 7.30. I need to take my Metamucil and go yell at the sky for 30 minutes and go to bed, right? I gotta, I gotta get up at four and hit IHOP, so. Do you really? You go to IHOP tomorrow? (laughs) No, I can't afford IHOP. That's a, that's a rich man's game. Yeah, that's, it's not all South Pancake House. That's true. I like like pancakes. (laughs) <laughs> i do enjoy a good like dutch baby do you make your own i do yeah, yeah. i do i do too yeah. i do too i like i like a good dutch baby that's there you go that's <laughs> nice. a little apple compote nice. yeah yeah like brown sugar kind of like brown butter brown sugar <laughs> yeah apples yeah put them on top oh yeah no that's good little like hand whipped cream so. oh absolutely oh boy this yeah, sounds absolutely oh, man. we're going to old south <laughs> yeah, <zombie. yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right best performance we're down to the last couple uh screamies here best performance in a film we did not like all right my uh <laughs> my entry for this is russell crowe in the pope's exorcist <laughs> <laughs> Which would make you think that terrible, (laughs) right? But I, but here's the reason why I like his accent is just right. Such a Guido accent. (laughs) But what's wonderful about late stage Russell Crowe is that he doesn't is he does not give a shit about (laughs) anything, (laughs) and so, and it's not like he's actually trying. He, but he owns this like it, it. He just kind of chews scenery. He knows why he's there, and you know he's kind of he's not gladiator Russell Crowe anymore. Mm-hmm. No, not that I care about that, but I mean, it's just like, no, but speaking of pancakes, I mean, right. Yeah. Right. Good for him. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Live your best life, dude. And like, and so this, I, I think I, what I like about this when I, and I, 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 when I, I kind of like have shat on like Pacino and other ones for doing kind of similar things, but, it, but like there was like Crowe had his prestige years. I don't think he's like sullying his, legacy mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. De Niro and, and Pacino mm-hmm. have done mm-hmm. with some of their roles where they're where they are buffoons like this is just something that he can kind of sleepwalk through and own like yeah. but, and it's not it's not a Nicolas Cage I'm paying my taxes role right and it's not a we're gonna prop Bruce Willis up and milk everything we can out of Bruce Willis role this is a legit movie it's not a terrible movie I didn't no, it's not a good movie right and so that that kind of performance will make me go see this kind of movie. So Russell Crowe, okay. congratulations, you win. Jason's best performance, <laughs> screaming. Uh, yeah, for me this is easy, and it's Lily Gladstone and Killers of the yeah. Flower Moon. Yeah, so um, yeah, yeah. That, that was the potential for me. Although yeah. we did talk about how kind of like Scorsese sidelines her right. a little too much, right. and that's. Right. And I've seen her, like, she is better in Undiscovered Country. She's, yeah. and so there's, yeah. there's better roles for her. Yeah. Um, I do hope that this is a breakout for her. I do hope, and I think this is going to be a really interesting, this is a, uh, uh, fucking, what's, who's, what's, who's the guy in Faux? Uh, Faux. Paul, <laughs> Paul Mescal. Paul Mescal. Um, it's going to, like, we talked about how Mescal is going to have to find his place and, 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 um, in the acting world and where he kind of really kind of where his sweet spot is. Well, and we'll see what gladiator two does for him too. Right. Which could skyrocket him for sure. Yeah. But oh, side note, did you see that? So last time we talked about Jacob Alordi and mm-hmm. like what his career was going to be. I had that scene when he's doing next. Paul Schrader. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Master Paul Schrader and Richard Gere in O Canada. Interesting. It's a uh, Russell Banks novel, I believe. Hmm. It's an ad- ad- an adaptation of another Banks novel. Yeah, Alordi and Gear and Paul Schrader. So, sorry, you're talking no, about no, Gladstone. No, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah, so I'm, I'm <clears throat> because we talk about unconventional, right? And like, not she's in a Florence Pugh <laughs> realm where solid actress will she be able to find those roles for herself um and still be who she is I don't know I it's a it's a yeah. the world <laughs> the world will not we'll find out soon I guess <laughs> the, the answer world may is, never know the answer is three right it's three it's three looks <laughs> okay so our last screamy goes to or go it our last screamy category is the subjective best movie of the year. I'm pretty sure this is gonna be the same for both of us. Um yeah, mine is past lives. Hands fucking down. Mine is too. Yeah. 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 Um I did I did say that some of my nominations for this category included Anatomy of a Fall, Oppenheimer, Barbie, and Poor Things. But yeah, no, I think past lives. Hands down. I do think all of those films that I just mentioned took, had a clear vision, had a clear voice, and took creative risks in, in what they were doing. And mm-hmm. so I, I do appreciate all of that. I, I appreciate all of your hard work, nominees. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're all winners. Right? <laughs> right? But I mean, everyone who was mentioned here tonight, <laughs> you're, all, you're all winners. And, and here's a song to like dance you out. No, <laughs> no but I mean, I, I do think that, that, that there were some movies that, that like, I mean, I mean, took genuine risks, were trying to do something and sort of adhere to that vision. And so, yeah, but no, Past Lives is, I just think, again, it's a perfect fucking film. Um, I've seen it like half a dozen times and yeah, I love it. So. Yeah, I, it, it makes me very, very excited about what she's going to do next. Um, and yeah, it really is. <clears throat> Some of my other ones, I, I think I had Monster, I had Poor Things. Mm-hmm. Um, I had they clone Tyrone. I do think that as a, of a film that I, I, another film that I wish, um, got the recognition for being, how subversive and how clever it is. Uh, I really wish that had of had a theatrical release. I wish we could have, uh, championed that a little bit more than what we did and rather than just dumping it on Netflix. Um, but yeah, past lives is just, it's, it, you not every year do you get films like this and it's, and it's, um, it really is just, it's just an amazing piece of work and it's amazing. And also, I mean, just like, again, with all of the things around it, being a first film and killing it that way. And and it's just, yeah. And getting the performances she got Mm -hmm. out of those like three leads. I mean, so, so good. I mean, they're all those three, Magaro and um, Greta Lee and Taewoo. I I am sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, but they're, they're, fantastic and they play so well together especially there at the end um no i just it's such a moving and delicate and 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 oh god poetic film (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so go see it folks um you know what's good if we gave it our top screen that's right we gave it we gave it the best screamy of the year award (laughs) the best screamy of the year um jason is there anything else that we need to get to no i think we did it i think we've uh We've said all we need to say. I, I think so. Um, so. So that does it for our first annual Screamies. Jason and I are now off to the after party at insert name of Swanky Club Restaurant Hotel here. I'd like to congratulate all the winners 
and the losers and say to all of you, thank you for listening. Motherfucker, keep screaming. You have been listening to Why Does the Wilhelm Scream with your hosts, Brock and Jason. If you like today's episode, do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe in whatever application you use to consume podcasts these days. You can reach us by visiting whydoesthewilhelmscream.com. If you are in the DFW area, we would love to see you at a Fort Worth Film Club event. You can learn more about those and find a full schedule at fortworthfilmclub.com. And you can learn about my foundation and how we are trying to foster the next generation of film lovers at realhousefoundation.org. That's R-E-E-L housefoundation.org. Till next time. Ah!